Disclaimer. Content warning. This podcast contains some views of violence, some strong language, and some views that may be unacceptable for those under the age of 18 or with soft listening habits. Listener discretion is strongly advised. The Focus Fights Audio Podcast contains the expressed opinions of one J. Christian Gary and whoever he has on the show. Their words are of theirs and theirs alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of Focus Fights or any other entities mentioned herein for fear of lost opportunities in whole or in part in the present or in the future. Any comments, questions, concerns, or complaints about this podcast can be referred to Focus Fights via DM at Focus underscore Fights on Facebook or Instagram at Focus Fights or via email at FocusFights at gmail.com. The guests that J. Christian Gary brings on to the Focus Fights audio podcast are trained professional fighters, wrestlers, and combatants. And although we cannot speak for them, we should advise you, the listener, not to try any of the holes, hits, or moves seen in their professions at home, school, or anywhere without adult supervision for fear of potential injury and or death. With that in mind, thank you. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, what is good, y'all? I am the Chillmeister Chris Gary, and you are listening to yet another edition of Focus Fights Audio. And yeah, while I did say the last time I did this show I was going to dig into my archive and find some past interviews to profile, I guess you could say I succeeded. But then again, I lied. I succeeded in the fact that, yes, on this particular episode, I do have interviews from my backlog that I'm going to showcase and explain once all is said and done. But then again, I kind of lied my ass off in the case that, well, there's this big local wrestling event happening tomorrow night, or tonight if you're listening to this event on the day of the show, that I most definitely want to put over. More details on that as we go along, but first, a little wisdom to kick things off. Not too long ago, I interviewed someone who represents a faction of individuals, or just an army of one, I guess, that calls themselves the 8th Day. Not to be confused with independent wrestling standout and former Major League Wrestling signee Saeb Al-Sabah, who goes by at XTH Day on Twitter, follow him i'm pretty sure you'll enjoy him but still this person behind this collection was very happy to speak with me and it was an enthralling conversation to say the least i mean of course some of this material may be a little bit off the beaten path so to speak so if you want to check this out you can if you want to skip timestamps are in the description but still though we got the eighth day Kicking off this edition of Focus Fights Audio. Ring the bell. Ladies and gentlemen, I think this is probably the weirdest, the most craziest, the most insightful interview that I've ever done in almost a year-long history of doing this Focus Fights Audio podcast and in my 12 years of doing podcasting and radio shows combined. But still, on this 
basic segment of Focus Fights Audio, I have with me the founder of the 8th Day. His name is Oday, and he wants to talk to you more about it. So, Oday, welcome. How are you? Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. It is a happy day indeed. And do you know why, my brother? Why, sir? Do you know why? Because now, now, you and your people who listen to this interview have a chance to better their life. Have a chance to follow their dreams by listening to the eighth day. As far as who I am and how I am, I am doing splendid, my brother. How are you? Oh, I guess you could say, um, blessed. Thanks for asking. <laughs> but still, though, I'm doing all right. I can't really complain, obviously. I'm just doing what needs to be done, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and I feel that, my brother. You see, for me, I try to do what needs to be done. And what needs to be done is to help people. Do you know what I'm talking about? You see, when I look outside of my window, the window of life, I see people living a troubled life. I see people who are in this place of misfortune. But if they just believed, if they just had a chance, an opportunity, then they can go up and they can climb the mountain of success. I see. I see. Now, when it comes down to... How I first seen you. You were just a few weeks ago, as of this recording, coming out of a new Texas pro wrestling event. And not a lot of people know that you also competed for Booker T's Reality of Wrestling. When it comes to what type of message you were trying to send in both of those promotions... What was the first thing that came what was the first thing that came to mind for you as soon as you got out of the curtain at Houston Premier Arena a few weeks ago and at the World's Gym Arena in Texas City a few months back? So my brother, as far as competing goes, you see, that was a lifetime ago. That was a past life, my brother. That was a past life. When I was down in the trenches, when I had nothing, when I couldn't see anything but darkness around me. See, at this time, I am not competing no more. At this time, I'm not wrestling. I'm just a sponsor. I am just trying to spread the good word. Spread the good word and help people. So I'm not competing. I'm not a wrestler. I'm just a sponsor, a good man. That goes to wrestling companies, that goes to any business, any business that might need it, inside or outside the ring. And I try to help them out. As far as what my mind was thinking, when I walked out of that curtain, it was deep sadness. It was sadness, my brother, and do you know why it was sadness? Why is that? It was sadness, because when I looked around at New Texas, I saw my brothers and sisters on a lost path 
I was talking and walking about, I had a great feeling. I had hope that the people around me were listening, that they knew that their lives were about to be changed for the better. And I believed in them because I could see in their eyes that they were about to believe in the eighth day. I see. And when it comes down to, you know, what you are now, you're a sponsor. I mean, obviously, you just recently sponsored a few competitors at the reality of wrestling down in Texas City. I mean, obviously, now they're back on Channel 39. You know, they're back on YouTube running full shows. But when it comes down to your role as a sponsor, I mean, what comes to mind for you trying to help out that next generation of talent now that you're hanging the boots up? I have a question, my brother. Okay. Have you ever lived inside a cage that you couldn't escape? I mean, to be honest, no. So you have, my brother, and I understand your pain. I understand that you have lived inside a cage. And so have many of these other wrestlers. You see, as a sponsor, I see them. I see them stuck inside. They are trying. And as you know, the wrestling business, it can be ruthless. And you know it crushes dreams. It takes these people who have so much light inside of them and it burdens them. But I do know this, that if they can just escape the cage, just like you, my brother, just like you, if they escape the cage and they climb out, I just want to give them a chance. I just want them to reach their pinnacle. I just want them to do their best. And as a sponsor, as a sponsor, I will try my best to do that for all those competitors in the wrestling business. Hmm. I see, I see. And when it comes down to those, I guess who already follow your message, but don't really follow the guide said, you know, I think that the only other person that follows the eighth day more than you is probably Saeed Al-Sabah all the way out in the northeastern United States, even though you probably never heard of him. But still, when it comes down to, you know, future Clients, do you see yourself running a bit of a stable, a faction, or just an all-out congregation? My brother, the eighth day is about being a fellowship. That's how I would like to tell the people of what it is like. The eighth day is a fellowship of like-minded minds. So whether it is two people right next to me, or four, or five, my hopes and dreams are that it would be thousands and thousands and thousands.
I don't know what to say. I mean, I'm kind of speechless about all this, but still, though, when it comes down to the eighth day, and I know that, you know, you have been at this probably for a while, but when it comes down to the eighth day, what do you hope people will get out of it? I hope people find their path in life. I hope, my brother, that people, when they when they listen to this, that they feel inspired to do better. I hope that they feel inspired. <laughs> would you and say I, they would, I mean, I hate to interrupt even though it's kind of my thing, but would you basically say that they would probably need to be saved, so to speak? I think we all need to be saved, my brother. I think in this life, we are all on this fine line. And sometimes, we go up and down that line. Sometimes we stay straight on that line. Sometimes, we are not even on that line. Sometimes, we go up and all around, we jump on it, we jumped off it, but eventually we all have to get back on it, and I believe we can all get on that right path, so being saved, yes my brother, we all can be saved. I see, I see, and when it comes down to certain personalities, not just in professional wrestling, but in overall life. Do you think that some of those people, if they were to hear you, that they would feel inspired to change up their ways? My friend, do you have a time for a little story? Go ahead. I'm all ears. See, when I was a young man traveling across the country, I stumbled across this woman. You see, this woman went to the bank asking for a loan as many Americans do these days. She was asking for a loan to help buy a house for her and her children. See, this woman, she had nothing to her name, unfortunately. She had Three jobs. Three, my brother. She had three jobs, so she barely even got time to see her children. Now, she had eight children. Isn't that remarkable, my brother? It is. She had eight children. And all by herself, she had to find a way to feed them, to clothe them, to get them to school. She had to try her best to give them a life. And so when I saw her that day walk into the bank, and she came out, and she couldn't get that lump, so she couldn't even put a roof above their heads. Isn't that sad, my brother? It is. It is very sad. And when I saw her, she came out crying. She cried, and she cried. And I asked that woman, why are you crying? Please. My sister, why are you crying? And she told me her story. And I looked 
school to get a roof above their heads to give them clothes and food and then you know what she did she texted and she called the eighth day and as soon as she did that she turned around went back into the bank and she came out again with a loan do you know why that happened why is that my brother, miracles happen. Miracles happen when you believe in the eighth day, when you have faith in the eighth day. And she was so ecstatic. She was so happy when that happened. She came out and she donated $50. And I said, thank you, my sister. From now on, your life will be on a better path. From now on, your kid's life will be on a better path. You see, that is what I do. My brother, that's, that's exactly what I do. See, around this country, I have traveled and I have traveled. I went to different businesses and different businesses. I have went and seen different individuals and their life paths that they take. And I have spoken to all of them. And I have helped many, many people, just like that woman. Just like that woman. And if I could help that woman in her time of need, then I can help you. I can help all your listeners. So now I ask all of you, those who are listening, if you want to better your lives, then call or text the eighth day. Call or text the eighth day. And if you want to call or text me, please, please call or text the number 281-868-4898. And let me say it again for all those who are listening so that you don't miss out. 281 
to eventually help those people, just as I try to help all those who believe. See, even the non-believers, there is a spark of light within them. They just don't know it yet. They just can't see it yet. But I promise I will not give up on those who don't believe in the eighth day. I will never give up on any of my brothers and sisters, whether they believe or don't believe. I am here for you. I am here for you. So if you are sitting on the sidelines and you don't believe in the eighth day, just know this. Life for you is hard, and I understand. Your life is filled with pain, and I understand. You are crying and screaming, and I understand. But once you start believing, once you start having a little faith, your life will change. And as far as people saying that I am just imitating other entities, it's being positive and motivating others imitating. It's, it's trying to just help people and trying to tell them that they can achieve their dreams imitating. It's trying to tell them that success is right over there and that they can reach it, that they can achieve it. No, 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 my brother. What I am doing is just out of the goodness of my heart. What I am doing is what any good person will do. I am here to listen to your heartache. I am here to listen to your pain. And all I am doing, all I'm doing is just slipping over a gift. Whether you accept it or not is up to you. But I promise you, it is a gift that you do not want to avoid. I see. And, you know, I mean, I'm pretty sure that kind of reminds me. I mean, I don't even know where. I mean, I'm at a loss for words here. <laughs> but still, though. I don't want to sound biblical, but it basically kind of reminds me of the story where, you know, where they were basically believers. I mean, where they were basically non-believers in a certain man from the Middle East. I'm pretty sure you've heard about it at this point. I'm pretty sure that all the listeners, even if they don't follow, you know, I'm pretty sure they understand that when it comes down to, I mean, because it's basically been in the annals of time for as long as there has been time. There are going to be non-believers, but you, I guess, are one and one, you know? My brother, there comes a time in life when many people try to compare you to other entities. They say, have you heard of this man from a long time ago from the Middle East? And I say, which man? Which man are you talking about? You see, there are many men from the Middle East. There are many men in America. There are many men all over the world who have done 
is, do you know what the eighth day is about? That's all I got, brother. That's all I got, my friend. Understood. Understood. <sighs> but still, though, this has been an invigorating interview, to say the least, at least for me. But when it comes down to any closing comments that you want to say, and you can even plug your number or how people can also contact you, you know, what is the closing message that you would want to give to those listening after hearing all this time, you know, if they feel down and out? My brother...
but I guess I do when I think that a lot of people listening to this will have believed you. Believed in the eighth day. Believed. Do you hear that, my brothers and sisters? He believes in the eighth day. He believes in the eighth day. And now I promise you, Jay, good things are about to come for you. You see, when this phone call ends and you go ahead, go back inside your house or room or wherever you are, you will have gifts and prizes come your way. You, my friend, will hit the lottery. You, my friend, reach new heights in success. Whatever job you have, you might just get a promotion. Whatever you do in life, you are now set on the right path. So thank you, thank you, and may the eighth day bless all of you. I see. And may you be blessed and highly favored as well. <laughs> Thank you, my brother. And good day, good day, good day to all of you. Okay, so that was something. But it was kind of an out-of-body experience as well. I mean, once you talked with the guy, you're hooked in a good way. But all this person from the 8th day wants is your calls, your tweets, your messages. Especially if you're feeling a little bit out of place in society. And if you're looking to seek guidance in some sort of an alternate way, the 8th day will be willing to help. Just, you know, do what the person that just talked with me says. And obviously everything will go alright or, you know, find something else. <laughs> But still, though, now that we got that out of the way, I did an interview last year with someone who was one of the main people that got me hooked into the stratosphere of Texas independent professional wrestling. And someone who I dare say am happy that I got to share the ring with for my first, last, and only professional wrestling match. A match that only I have physical possession of and I will only release if I feel like doing so. But still... This next interview of Focus Fights Audio features my former UGXL Sports Lounge podcast partner and one-time in-ring rival, Johnny Blade of Undisputed Pro Wrestling out of Santa Fe, Texas. We go to that now. Ladies and gentlemen, this special Focus Fights interview needs no introduction, but... Oh, what the hell, I'll just give it a brief one anyways. This man has been in the professional wrestling business for almost 30 years. This man has been in the ring with so many competitors that it's hard to even keep count of a who's who list of who he's actually been in the ring with, myself included. And, obviously, this man has busted his ass more than anything in the world of Texas professional wrestling so much that he's not really getting the proper respect that he deserves from some people. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring to you for the first time in this very exclusive interview for Focus Fights, my former podcast partner, Johnny Blade. How are you, sir? I'm good. How's it going, Chris? I'm doing all right, man. And I know that you got a lot of things to discuss a lot of things to discuss, but first of all, before we even get to those things, 
Let's talk about the current promotion that you wrestle for, Undisputed Pro Wrestling out of Bay Clip, Texas. Can you tell us a little bit more about them? Uh, yeah, Undisputed Pro Wrestling. Uh, we're out of, uh, actually, Santa Fe. We do run in Bay Cliff, however, so you were uh, kind of right on that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, we run out of Bay Cliff, and, um, you know, uh, we've been we've been going for uh, two years, over two years strong now. Uh, COVID kind of put a damper on uh, running our shows, but we're getting back hot and heavy again, uh, as are a bunch of promotions around the state, which is a great time now, obviously, to get into, uh, to go to an indie show in the state of texas uh but yeah we've been around for a while and uh, we're we're looking to stay and um it, it's it's getting hot i'm telling you mm-hmm. and obviously you know undisputed pro wrestling wants to work with other promotions it's just that you know when you see promotions like the rea- the reality of wrestling out of our neck of the woods in Galveston County, Texas, and obviously they're ran by Booker T. When you see uh-huh. promotions like New Texas Pro out of Abilene ran by Keeper Bartek, mostly, doing shows with all these different promotions in this neck of the woods, Houston, Texas, that we reside in, do you feel that Undisputed Pro Wrestling could be taken to new heights if given the right opportunity? Oh, absolutely. There's always room for improvement. I always say that. And uh, <clears throat> New Texas Pro, um, I've been I've been watching. I'm watching all of these uh, guys. New Texas Pro is great. They have uh, some fantastic guys there that I'm a huge fan of. Uh, the promoter Kiefer Bartek, he's doing a phenomenal job mm-hmm. uh, with 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 New Texas Pro. And um, oh yeah, if UPW worked with say someone like that or any promotion for that matter around the state of Texas, it would, uh, yeah, it would definitely catapult them to, to new heights. We're already catapulting ourselves, though, because uh, our shows are so exciting. Uh, fans love them. They come back for more. Um, so, yeah, uh, right right now we're establishing ourselves. But uh, in the future, we would absolutely love to work, you know, with other promotions. Like we're doing already with certain promotions. I mean, we, we work a little with TASW. Um Live action wrestling worked a little with DZW, so there, there are promotions that uh, the UPW that we do work with. Mm-hmm. And you know, speaking of somebody who you are tending to work with, I mean, speaking of somebody who you tend to work with quite well, as far as the whole, you know, feud is progressing. And I know you've been wanting to get your get this off your chest for a while now, but. I just want to ask about Chevy Chavaria, the guy you're currently feuding with. I'll let you have the floor on that. Yeah, this all started when Chevy uh, got, got a little snarky with a comment, uh, or actually his lack of announcing me for my guy coming out to the ring. Well, you know, I let him have, you know, I let him have it verbally, and then all of a sudden, I was thrown out of a battle royal that I was competing in later that night at that show. Uh, Chevy got himself involved in something he should not have got himself involved in. He should, you know, he should have sat down there, kept his microphone in his hand, and shut his mouth and watched the show. Instead, he wants to, you know, harass me and mess with me, calls me distractions and uh, and whatnot. And I'm not going to put up with that. And and that's why at this last show, uh, two Saturdays ago at Baycliff at Heat Wave, we shaved his head. M- me. David Dubron, 
Jason Sullivan, Jesse Logan. Jesse didn't really want to participate. Um, we spoke last night, Jesse. We're we're having uh, we were having uh, some minor issues that are, have since been cleared up. Uh, but yeah, we, we got a revenge on Chevy because Chevy needs to learn that he's not going to come in here and disrespect me. Somebody that's been in this business, like you said, almost 30 years, almost 30 years, and I get it disrespected by nobody coming in here off the streets, out of a barbershop, into our ring. I'm not going to put up with that, and it's not going to happen, not on my watch. Hmm. And obviously, you were telling me this off air, but... You know, what is the future for this rivalry with you and Chevy? Well, at the last show, he challenged me to a match. Imagine that. He challenged me to a match. Not just any match. He picks two guys for his partners. I get two guys. Six-man tag. Fine. Okay. I accept. I'm accepting the challenge, which um, I don't know when people will hear this, but I will be going live tonight. To, to, to address that with Chevy and, uh, you know, and he's, he's in for a rude awakening. You know, I really hate doing that. I know he's got four kids. He's got a wife and four kids, as a matter of fact. And it's going to be a shame to hurt him in his hometown in Santa Fe, July 17th, in front of his wife, in front of his four kids, because he challenged me. So this is going to, the blood is going to be on his hands when this is all said and done. Hmm. Okay. I mean, I just hope this doesn't lead to a match between you and him, but, I mean, I... Well, this isn't. Technically, this is, but I don't see that's the thing. He doesn't want to face me one-on-one. He wants to go get two goons, you know, so I can get two of my guys, which I'm already knowing now it's going to be Jesse and Jason. David Duprod has things to do that night. He's busy. He has prior commitments. But I'm going to have Jason Sullivan there, and I'm going to have... UPW heavyweight champion Jesse Logan there. I mean, who better than those two guys? Mm-hmm. And now that me and Jesse have cleared up our issues that we had, we talked last night, Jesse and I, he drove down and we went over to Texas City Live, Bar and Grill, and had a sit-down meeting. Oh, you know, he addressed his issues. He expressed his concerns to me over why he's not happy, and he wasn't happy. And I understand some employees aren't happy with their employers. The employer fixes it. I fixed it. I'm Johnny Blade. So Jesse will be my partner along with Jason Sullivan, and if Chevy does not stand a chance, I don't care what two partners he goes and picks. There's nobody he can pick. I, I don't care who he gets. He can go get, uh, you know, The Rock. He can go get Dwayne Johnson straight from Hollywood. It doesn't matter. <laughs> no pun intended. It it doesn't matter, as The Rock would say. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that, it's, uh, Chevy's in for a rude awakening, and uh, he he's not gonna even come close. You know, he's going to get beat up in front of all his friends. His friends are buying tickets for this. It's it's just going to be a real embarrassment for him. I mean, I can only hope that, you know, fans will be able to actually see this up close and personal. But the only way to actually see it up close and personal is to be at the show itself. To be at the show. It's right on uh, the Santa Fe Fire Department. It's... Uh, it's uh, right on Highway 6. I don't have the exact address here, but I'm sure it can be looked up easily. Santa Fe Fire Department on Highway 6. Uh, they, uh, tickets are on sale now if people want to see this. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I don't know why people would want to see a poor ring announcer get his butt kicked. But, hey, suit the, to each their own. Well, hey, you tried to do the same against me, and I'm but about... 
So make me schedule a rematch now, now Chris. Hey, now, hey. you know, between me and you, Chris, I was, I was, you see, and you know, I got to come out and say, you defeated me in a match. You won. We had a one-on-one match, but what you don't realize is oh. that night, I had a 103.8 temperature fever that night. My apologies. So, so yeah, well, no, it wasn't your fault. It's just, it, I just didn't come prepared. I didn't drink, I didn't drink all my liquids and my juices and wasn't taking my medicine. So I was, I was pretty bad off. And, you know, when you're sick, you're gonna, you're gonna suffer defeat at times. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But I just, but it's okay. It's mm-hmm. okay. I'm over it. It's okay. I've been over that. I go over and say, you beat me what? Back in 2014, 13? What was it? 14. 2014 okay see it's okay i've been over it since 2019 it's okay (laughs) i can understand that because you've had bigger fish literally bigger fish to fry since then yeah that's right see now you're making me hungry understood understood but still point of the matter is you versus your team versus team shabby chavaria that event's going to be taking place less than a week, I mean, less than two weeks from now in Santa Fe, Texas at the Santa Fe Fire Department. And I know that they're going to be wanting to see a good show. We are le- we are 11 days away from that. And, yeah, 11 days, and it's uh, myself, Sullivan, and Logan. And we are taking on Chevy and whatever two guys he's going to go choose. He better, he better search long and hard, is all I can say, because it's going to take an army. To defeat me and my two guys. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, when it comes down to your career, obviously you've been, as you say, you've been doing this for 30 years. But do you ever feel like, you know, maybe you could have done well as a professional wrestler, even though you were trained by some of the best? You competed in the ring against some of the best. You actually seen some of the best in that ring? Uh-huh. Oh, absolutely. I was, I, 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 I was one of the best. I, I absolutely was. I, I may not be now physically able to get in the ring and put on a match of the quality that I did back in 1999, 1998, 97. You know, that was my, that was my um, peak year. Probably 97, were my peak years in wrestling. And it, it was, if I can go back to even half of that, I'll get back in the ring. If I can get back to wrestling like that, just half of what I used to. Yeah, I'll, uh, I thought about getting back in the ring, you know, uh, making another wrestling run. But, you know, at my age, I might be a little limited by age and by size. But, you know, um, age, nothing can be done about that. But size, something can be done about that. And uh, we, we'll just have to see what happens. I mean, I can understand that, especially considering my age. I mean, I'm only... 28 and only had one match which you know i don't know if i'll ever have another one but still well you know what chris you you, you might as well just retire now because you're undefeated uh, yeah of course you know i, I gotta I'll, I'll give you the rub on that you're undefeated you know you just you, you know, now's probably a good time to go out on top exactly exactly but still don't you know it's never too late to actually consider this thing a career even though i don't want to (laughs) (laughs) yeah well that's true now i will uh i will be in santa fe july 17th and then um you know i'm gonna go around and check out some other shows too because i think there's a lot of guys that need to be scouted plus uh future blade enterprise members who knows what will happen but i like going to other promotions indie wrestling's hot in texas so I, I like to check out different promotions. I'm a fan of all the promotions, 
Uh, I don't dislike promotions. I don't, I don't think that UPW or any promotions should be competing with each other or, or having beef with each other. I think that is silly. Um, so yeah, I'm all, I'm, I'm for all the guys getting their money. I'm for all the guys getting their bookings. And, uh, you know, I, just, I wish everybody, I just love to see guys successful. Unless they're against, unless they're going against my guys, of course. Of course, of course. Because I know that you want to keep your guys fresh and healthy and fresh and ready to compete against some of these guys. Absolutely. Yeah, my guys have to stay ready. My guys are winners. All I care about is winning when it comes to Jesse, when it comes to Jason, when it comes to David. They're all, they're all winners. That's what these guys do is they win. And that's what I care about. I mean, of course you have to... I mean, when it comes down to Jesse, Jason, and, of course, Super David Dufon, you gotta... I mean, yeah, I can understand that tenfold, you know? And What's that? Who? I can understand that tenfold. T oh, tenfold, tenfold, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yes, sir. aside from that, man, is there anything that you want to say to... Your fans, your adoring legion of people who actually care about you and those who, you know, want to actually see you compete and see some great quality professional wrestling, you know, in less than a couple of weeks' time. Oh, yeah, call, uh, call Bart Harris, call UPW. Uh, you know, I can do this because it's on the flyer. But uh, given his number is 409-750-2199, the number is on the flyer. Call now. Get your ticket so you can see myself, Jason Sullivan, and the UPW champion, Jesse Logan. Take on Chevy and his two goons. And, again, I don't know who they are. I don't know who he's getting. But uh, if people want to see a good wrestling show, they need to come on out and watch. There's going to be other great uh, performers there. You got Rottweiler, Jay Davis, RJD. The guy is an up and comer. Um, you got uh, man, who else is on this show? You got uh, a Don Vega. That guy's something else. He's one half of the UPW Tag Team Champions. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe he's actually going to be in singles action uh, against uh, Christopher Lyons. Okay. And then uh, we also got debuts of uh, debut of a big monster looking guy named uh, Muerte Silencioso, I believe. Uh, so he'll be there. Uh, we got Bubba Lee Travis in the house. He'll be there. Um, a wrestler from the 90s making his return. The player, uh, which is a hockey gimmick type guy. He'll be there in action. Oh, okay. So, this is going to be a really fun show. Uh, it's our first time back in Santa Fe for a while. That's why the name of the show is Homecoming. So, uh, we'll just have to see how it goes. I mean, we, uh, Santa Fe's our home and we're coming back and... And, uh, and I hope it goes well. And then after this show, I'm going to go watch a few other shows around, you know, Texas. I'm going to go hit up a loco show, maybe, uh, hit up a Texas All-Star Wrestling show, and, uh, and go scout. I mean, I can understand that, especially if you want to bring some people back to UPW. I do. I'd love to bring people back to UPW, but, you know, I also want to enjoy myself. At, uh, I mean, have you ever been to a loco show? Those guys are, uh, I mean, the name fits them. It's loco up there. They're fantastic. Those guys put on a... It's like going to a punk rock concert slash old school ECW show. Mm -hmm. It's like combining the two, and it's just... It's it's insane. But I mean that in such a good way. It's absolutely insane, and it's 
Those guys are amazing. I mean, what they I, do there. I mean, I haven't actually been physically to a show of theirs, but I have seen, you know, a few clips of their shows on YouTube and the fact that they got an upcoming show with Game Changer Wrestling out of New Jersey. It only proves their point that if it ain't loco, it ain't fire. Or yeah, whatever yeah, absolutely. And, uh, what, yeah, what a show that's going to be. And what a, there's a, uh, July the 9th, I believe. Isn't that this coming Friday? Uh, mm-hmm. there's going to, there's a huge loco show with, uh, yeah, there's a huge show. I believe it's Friday, July yeah. 9th. Yeah, Game Changer Wrestling and Loco Wrestling. I think it's Welcome to Houston. Fight Club. The Fight Club yeah. show. Yeah, Fight yeah. Club. That's going to be on Fight TV pay per view. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Isn't that show? Is that show in Houston or is that somewhere else? It's in Houston. Obviously, okay. they wouldn't have local wrestling come all the way up to New Jersey just to do a show with them, especially if they don't know. Especially if those people out east don't know who they are. Right. Absolutely. But either way, they're about to find out who they are. Uh, you know, Game Changers about to find out who Loco is, and it's uh, that's going to be a wild, wild, wild show. Mm-hmm. I can only hope that one day when it comes down to the future for UPW that we'll see more of their shows and their matches on something like YouTube. You know, you bring up a very valid point. We need to get into YouTube or Title Match Network or something because we need to get our we need to get our um, matches out there. You know, digitally, we need to get them online because people are missing out when they're missing out on some of our great matches that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, I, I think that I, was, I mean, to be quite honest, and obviously we do have some history together, but to be quite honest, I think they missed an opportunity when it came down to doing one of the Coastal Mania events that we were a part of. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, that, that show, that Coastal Mania had so much potential. I feel like it was a big, cluster it was just a big mess because mm-hmm. it was uh it felt kind of disorganized even though the, the the superstars there they were fantastic um we had great wrestlers there we had good matches but i just felt like the show itself was disorganized if it was a little more organized and had a little more direction i think that would have been the like perfect show true very true yeah but yeah for the most part um man coastal mania what a big show that was rakishi got a hold of me uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't yeah, think was, you want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You 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 had a you had a pretty bad night that night, but it, you know things happen in life. And mm-hmm. Exactly, and I hope it is we, what it is. Yeah, and obviously the main thing is I hope that neither one of us repeat the mistakes that we had that night. That's um, true. You yeah, gotta, I can uh, you definitely agree think, with you on that for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You got a face full of Rikishi that nobody wanted. I got thrown out the venue because I allegedly swung a chair at somebody. <laughs> um, but still. Yeah, if I didn't know what was going on, I would have came over there and defended you and let them know that, that wasn't the case. Yeah. So I don't, I, I don't understand. So You know, it's okay. I mean, like you said, shit happens. We just got to get through it and make sure that shit don't happen again. But still, though. When it comes down to this event, you know, I hope... When it comes down to the future of Texas professional wrestling, including UPW, I can only hope that things will get even better, even bigger, and even brighter 
you know? I mean, yeah, that's all we can hope for. And I, I think the sky's the limit when it comes to EPW. Uh, because it's, the things are just getting better as of right now. The last few months, things have just gotten better. We're uh, The owner's getting more messages from people, more phone calls. So we're, we're growing. Uh, so we'll just have to see where it takes us in the future. Exactly. And you know what? If I even think about going to one of these shows, you know, considering the fact that you got a commissioner who's also the ring announcer. Maybe I might want to try out and become a ring announcer. Well, <laughs> uh, look, hold on here. You know, okay, hold on, Chris. First of all, Chevy is not ring announcer anymore. We have a new ring announcer. We uh, his name is uh, Abel something. He does. I think he does DZ. I think he does DZW shows. The point is, Chevy's gonna try to play commissioner, and uh, he better not make any decisions. You know, uh, that, that he's going to regret regarding me. He needs to be very careful on the decisions that he makes because they will affect his life and his future. Exactly. <laughs> but Absolutely. Other, but other than that, it's been fun talking with you. And how can people get in contact with you on Facebook? You know, not for well, any uh, tickets or anything like that, but how can people connect with you? <laughs> They can connect with me on Facebook. I'm not even on the other uh, social media deals because I'm I'm 45 years old. I'm old. I'm I'm lucky. I know how to do Facebook. But um, yeah, if I'm I'm on Facebook under Johnny Blade, you can they can message me on there. Uh, they send all the hate mail. I say send hate mail because I don't get I, mean, I don't get good letters or good messages from people because they're all they're all messaging me telling me what a rotten jerk I am or for doing this or doing that, which is fine. I value others' opinions, and no matter how stupid their opinion is, I value it. But the thing is, yeah, get a hold of me on Facebook. You, you don't like something I do or say? Take it up with me directly. Don't go make vague posts on Facebook. Directly message Johnny Blade, B-L-A-D-E. Okay. Okay. And one more time for the folks out in the Houston, Texas area, or for those out in South Texas anyways, if y'all want to see some great professional wrestling, take the drive down I-45 to Galveston County, specifically to Santa Fe, just to see UPW Saturday, July 17th. From the Santa Fe from the Santa Fe Fire Department building uh-huh. in Santa right. Fe, Texas. You know, That's it. If you heard the phone number that Jeremy, I mean, if you heard the phone number that Johnny Blade put out, you know, he that, you know, I'll, right? shoot, I'll shoot it out there again. Four zero nine seven five zero two one nine nine. Call Bart Harris now for your tickets. Mm-hmm. And don't miss out. Don't get shut out, as somebody once said, because you're gonna miss some great professional wrestling if you do miss out on this event. Uh-huh. But other than That's that, right. other than that, Johnny, it's been fun talking with you, and you know, maybe one day our paths will reconnect again in public. And obviously, I'll owe you a rematch. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, uh, Chris, if you ever make it out to a UPW show, I will cop your ticket. You don't have to pay anything. You come as my guest. Okay, cool, fair enough. Whether it's whether it's Santa Fe, July seventeenth. I think we're back in. Uh, let's see, in August or September, we're back at Bay Cliff. So we'll just we'll see. The schedule's gonna keep going. So we'll eventually, I think, we'll cross paths. 
Okay, I mean, even if y'all have to do a show in my neck of the woods, Dickinson, Texas, you know, I wouldn't mind going out to see a UPW show. Hey, Dickinson, Dickinson's fine. We can come up to Dickinson. Now, did you go to Fearless when they were in Dickinson? Hmm? Did you go to the Fearless Pro Wrestling show when they were in Dickinson a few months back? Or maybe a year back? Unfortunately, I did not. Fortunately, or not, well, anyway... Now, those guys put on a great show there, too, from what I heard. But, yeah, I don't think they had a, a, such a good turnout. But, um, yeah. But uh, if we come to Dickinson, I will let you know, and um, we'll see what happens. We'll see if you show up. Okay. But other than that, man, it's been fun talking with you. I can only hope that, you know, the hostilities towards you and Chubby are actually friendly barbs in the ring and not full-blown mayhem. Well, I can tell you right now, there's not going to be anything friendly about our match in the ring. And uh, it was good talking to you, Chris. Thank you very much for the interview. Uh, unfortunately, i got to let you go now. My wife is calling, so I uh, I do have to go see what she wants. So uh, the wife calls. She's the only boss in my life. So Okay, but other than that, Johnny, I'll talk to you sometime later. All right, Chris. You take care. All right. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Now, as was mentioned, I did that interview with Johnny around the summer of 2021. Matter of fact, it was in July of 2021, exactly one year ago from this record. Johnny was in a feud with a man by the name of Chevy Chavaria for the rights to run Undisputed Pro Wrestling. And even though they traded W's and L's over the last year, their issues are still heated and still needing to be resolved. And I know those issues will come to a fever pitch. As on July 30th, Clear Life Media will present Undisputed Pro Wrestling's fight Fire with Fire at the Santa Fe Fire and Rescue Station in Santa Fe, Texas. This show will be an exciting night of action capped off with the main event as Jay Davis will defend the UPW Heavyweight Championship against Black Nificent Luther Black. Tickets for this show are still available and if you want more information on that show call 1409752199 click on the description of this podcast for a ticket link info or check them out on Facebook and Instagram at UPWTX or follow them on Twitter at UPWTX1 and after that non-paying in-show advertisement is over, we now go to an interview I done last year from around Mania Weekend or so of 2021. As I spoke with New Texas Pro Wrestling head honcho and former reality of wrestling alum, StarTech, Kiefer Bartek. As around the time of the interview that we'd done this, we were discussing his life outside the squared circle and his promotions opportunity to showcase themselves on a big WrestleMania weekend show that ultimately did not happen. Check this out. Ladies and gentlemen, right now at this time, we got Kiefer Bartek, a.k.a. Star Trek, on the line. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Uh, a band of many nicknames. Uh, I've, been, I've been moving today, so... Uh, a little bit tired, um, but, you know, finally getting into a new place, so I'm excited about that. Well, I'm sorry for interrupting your, you know, your moving day with this interview, but, I mean, I know that it's probably better to do it, like, during the week instead of when you're doing a show for New Texas Pro Wrestling or even a show for the reality of wrestling. 
where you're just basically doing ten things at once. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I, um, we had a big show in Houston for New Texas Pro this past weekend. Um, still kind of, uh, uh, you know, just kind of exhausted from the show and the travel and everything like that. But uh, it's one of those shows that uh, we've got people talking. And it's got the Texas independent scene, you know, hyped up. So I'm super excited about it. I'm happy about it. And uh, it's probably our best show we put on today. Understood, understood. Now, obviously, this pandemic, this COVID-19 pandemic has pretty much put a damp on everything. But how have you been doing as far as not only training for these shows, but also, in the case of NTPW, running and preparing for these shows? Well, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, once COVID hit last March, it, it changed the game as far as everything is concerned. Um, you know, we had run a show in October, and it was a small show in San Antonio with, you know, 10 people in the crowd. Uh, we, you know, we just wanted to, you know, get some um, content for IWTV, who's one of our great partners that we uh, deal with. And, um yeah, I mean, it, it, it's been a little bit different uh, promoting, you know, you, you don't really have the crowds that you used to, uh, the crowds, you know, the, the places I've worked, like Heavy Metal or MPX, um, you know, they've done a good job of, uh, and and also with uh, DFW All Pro, they've done a good job of, you know, getting people to, um, you know, put masks on, social distancing and things like that in different, you know, ways and stuff and so it's just been an interesting uh challenge as, as a performer and as a uh promoter um but you know first and foremost i want the safety of the wrestlers and the fans um so i'm okay with not having as many people in the building um if it means that everyone's going to be okay and safe and, and i think that's what's important and i think a lot of uh promotions that are running are, are being smart about um you know the precautions that goes into running a show understood understood especially considering the fact that you know i can totally understand that COVID 19 has been you know running amok about things i mean hell the last wrestling event i've been to was the royal rumble down at minute maid park and that was around yeah. this time i mean that was basically a year ago last week yeah exactly mm-hmm I mean, obviously, I've seen what has been going on with the wrestling world since the pandemic, and especially in the case of the reality of wrestling, they've been running shows with trainees in attendance, and they've been running shows with people in their cars. Yeah, the driving's been really cool. Mm-hmm, I can understand that. But now that, obviously, the wrestling world has changed, what do you hope to take advantage of in this quote-unquote new normal? Um, I don't know if there's something that I want to take advantage of. Um, uh, I just think it's, I think it's one of those things where we just have to be smart about what we're doing. I just, you know, it's hard for, it's hard for a worker, a wrestler to, you know, when everything stopped, I mean, we're so used to going, going, going. Like, we're always, you know, I used to be on the road, um, you know, two or three shows a weekend. And now, you know, with COVID and everything, like, you know, you're just lucky to get one every weekend or one every other weekend. Hmm. And uh, for, for me, you know, I, I'm 
I, I'm pretty good. Uh, you know, I have a lot of friends in this business, a lot of people I've wrestled and, and worked with and, and kind of grew in the business with. Um, so we, you know, obviously we still want to wrestle and we still want to put on something good. And so I think there's just a mutual understanding with me and a lot of the wrestlers as far as like, you know, the fans are going to be, you know, there's not going to be as many fans, but we also want to continue to wrestle. We want to put on great shows. And, and it's just been, um, um, like I said, a mutual understanding for everybody to understand where, what, what's going on and what we're doing. And, and um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been really cool to see some people step up during this time. Uh, someone like Brian Keith, who, I mean, you've probably been watching him for six, seven years on mm-hmm. road. And, uh, you know, he wrestled at my show this past Saturday and he's, you know, he's blown up on Twitter and, you know, they're like, oh, this guy is sponsored by Switch House. And he, mm-hmm. uh, he's, you know, he comes out to still tip in and he's this cool bounty hunter and stuff. And, uh, I'm, I, I'm very happy for him, you know, and that, and that's the kind of thing that like, as a, as a friend and, and also as a promoter, you just like, you, you, you're happy to see people succeed. You know, I'm, I was happy to see Gino get on with MLW. Happy to see, you know, Kyle get on with AW and Impact and what have you. And, and, and it's always cool to see, you know, people that you, you come up in the business, uh, you know, make it or, or get out of, you know, what we're doing here. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a mutual understanding with us and the talent. And I think everyone just wants to, to get better and everyone wants to, uh, to work. And I think that's what, We've been able to do it in New Texas even through this pandemic, you know what I'm saying? Just give guys reps and, and give guys a chance to get out there in front, you know, even if it's 10 people. Yeah, I can understand that, especially when it comes down to certain other names like Will Alday getting reps out in California for championship wrestling. Yep. Yeah, championship wrestling from Hollywood or even Miranda Salinas, a.k.a. Miranda Alizé who I've had the pleasure yeah. of watching all the way up when she was wrestling at the National Guard Armory in Lamarck. And obviously you uh, worked with her. Goes, huh? <laughs> yeah. And obviously you've been working with her for a few years as well before she, you know, wrestled in the May Young Classic, wrestled on Impact, right. wrestled in AEW. I mean, my goodness, it's only going to be a matter of time before more of these names like for example, the Savage Beast, a.k.a. Boy Adam Jackson, and Chris Andrews gets a chance to compete on that big stage. But, I mean, when it comes down to it, and I hate to just transition from one question to another, but what is it, what is it like really training under that Booker T talent pool? Um, man... I have to be honest with you, starting at Reality Wrestling is tough for any new person. You know, that was my first experience in the pro wrestling business. Uh, I was training, you know, I trained usually wrestlers, which usually train about six to eight months before they have their first match, roughly around that time period, give or take some, you know, some people pick it up a little quicker, some people takes a little longer. Um, I was on Booker's Reality Wrestling, the Reality Wrestling show in eight months with Legion. And I had my first match with Alex Reigns in my 13th month of training, um, which is really pretty quick for a lot of, for, for a new trainee that's never done anything in the business. Um, you know, there's been people who have been there for three, four, five years and haven't even been on the show. Mm. Um, now, there's, there's some good and some bad to that, right? The bad is, you know, there's you know people who come in there and they, they don't, you know, they don't get to make it on to a reality wrestling show or whatever. But 
the good thing, and, and for someone like me, who I, I've been watching this my whole life, and I've been watching, you know, I, I've, wrestling's just been a passion since the age of four. Wow. Uh, you know, Booker pushes you hard, and you either, you know, step up or you, you get left behind. And for me, it was, I needed that challenge, and I needed somebody to push me. And so that's how I was able to pick up a lot of the business and pick up a lot of stuff in the ring so quickly because you, you have to at Reality Wrestling. And there's so many good people there, you know, Gino, Rex, Brian Davidson, Mysterious Q, Brian Keith, um, you know, Cotty was there, high on, um, you know, Brennan Williams. Um, I mean, who am I missing that, that came through Sean there at some Hendricks. point? I mean, there's you know, Sean Hendricks, Cam Cole, Will Alday, you know, Miranda. Uh, Paul Titan. Uh, yeah, you, I mean, there's just, you know, look, look at all, listen to all those names that came through there. You're in there training with a lot of those guys every single day. And you have, like I said, you want to be as good. I want to be better than those guys. And they want to be better than me. And so you have to step up and you have to, you know, put everything you have into it. And so it was, I, I, I feel blessed that I was able to come up under reality wrestling. Uh, you know, got, you know, from Book being like the head coach, always giving me good direction on the show days. Um, you know, Kevin's uh, they're pretty much Booker's right hand man. He's always been able. He's always vouched for me, and he's always uh, helped me. You know, help me figure out some stuff in the business and things like that, and help me get better on the TV show. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, it's there's just a lot of good. There's there's just so much good to being at Reality Wrestling, and, and I just you know I was lucky. You know, Ryan Davidson, Rex Andrews, uh, uh, the Lockhart brothers. They actually helped me a lot when I first started training. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, you know that they were probably two of the most instrumental in my training uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. And um, yeah, I mean, it, those guys are all have great minds for the business, and they're all very smart, and they all help me out. And I asked a lot of questions too. And uh, I'm, I'm probably rambling, but I just feel lucky that I was able it's to come okay, up under that. Dude, it's okay. I ramble a lot. You actually yeah. bring about like a whole bunch of experience from learning under these guys, and obviously learning under the likes of Booker T, Kevin Burkhart. No, it actually Kevin Burkhart and Stevie Ray. Yeah, Stevie Ray was my manager for a little bit. I don't know if you remember that or not. Yeah, I, I was with uh, Stevie I Ray Incorporated. Expert tutelage. <laughs> That's right, expert tutelage. But. Yeah, I mean, everybody was even, I mean, I, I guess you could say everybody was instrumental, even down to the commentators, Brad Gilmore, and as much as I despise his political opinion, mm. Matt Topolsky. Yeah, they, they were great on commentary as well. I mean, I agree with you as far as my stance on TV, but, I, you know, they were great together, and I, and I you know... Like I said, it was just a great experience to be there. And like I said, I didn't just ask wrestling questions. You know, I was talking to the commentators, talking to the announcers, talking to Kevin. You know, there's there's a lot, you know, a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes. And um, there was just a wealth of knowledge there from what they've been taught from people, you know, before, before me and before them. So. Mm hmm But in a way, when it comes down to independent wrestling these days, when it comes down to... You know, people obviously waiting for the next WWE guy or the next big name star to just pop up on the independent scene after they run their course with, you know, these big companies, these big promotions. I mm -hmm. mean, if you were to 
be in the same room with an independent, I mean, with a big name television star like the WWE, for instance, what would be the main thing you would tell them about the independent wrestling scene before they get on to that first show? And so they're going from WWE to my show, per se? Well, yeah, but it can apply to any major promotion, any reject from a major promotion. I'm just, are you saying, you, um, like, am I, you, you're asking me what would I tell them before they went to an indie show? Well, yeah, pretty much. I think, um, you know, it's kind of like this, a row, uh, when you're on a big, when you're in a big promotion or a promotion that's run very tightly, uh, you don't get a lot of creative freedoms to kind of do what you want or to fill out certain situations and, uh, as a worker, try to make the most of the situation. Um, and so for me, when I started working in other places besides reality wrestling, I just needed to loosen up and have a little bit more fun. I think that's probably what I'd tell, you know, tell them, like, look, you know, WB's or whatever is a big promotion, but, you know, just loosen up and have fun out there, you know, and that's that's a lot of, if you watch Cody Rhodes right when he went to the Independence right, you know, at the beginning to what he does now, you just thought he's having a lot more fun at what he's doing. Um, I mean, AEW's not independent, but when he, you know, when he left WB and then he was on the Independence for a while, he was, you know, very WWE and very TV. And now, like I said, he has a lot more fun, he has a lot more freedom, and he, you know, I think Cody's probably still one, of, or Cody is one of the best performers in the entire world now. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you can basically say that about most of the MLW. I mean, you can basically say that about most of the AEW roster, especially when it comes down yeah. to a local preference, Sammy Guevara, who's from Katy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Sammy. Sammy's always been very talented in what he's able to do in the ring. Um, you know, and he's, he's always had fun, and I think, you know, he's able to do a lot of that there at AEW. I don't think they restrict him too much on what he he does in the ring or what he wants to do on his, you know, vlogs or whatever. And, um, you know, that's probably why he's he's rose in popularity from the beginning of AEW. He's probably one of the people who benefited most from being with that company. Mm-hmm. Especially considering the fact that you know, aside from people not knowing the fact that he was actually trained by Booker T beforehand or him wrestling on these shows down in Mexico for Triple A, nobody really yeah. knew him. Exactly. I mean, especially up until he was a part of the first AEW event, nobody really knew him. Up until that point, he was. I, I think he was kind of. I think he was kind of building a little buzz for himself, but I mean, he wasn't near as popular as he probably should have been. Mhm. Understood. But in a way, I mean, I just hope that when it comes down to, you know, the reality of wrestling and most of the talent there, that we see some of these names that we mention get a chance to compete on that big stage because it's only gonna be a matter of time before they do hit that spotlight i mean i think that the main one two people actually that's been needing that spotlight are abel andrew jackson who i mentioned as the stage beast now and ryan davison both of them have been wrestling the entirety of the rose run 
since they were yeah. PWA. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, uh, I tagged with Abel. Uh, I think he's very entertaining. I, uh, you know, I, I, I think that, I hope that he gets, you know, one last look or one last chance to be with the promotion. I, I mean, he, he's still in tremendous shape. I mean, I wish I looked like Abel Andrew Jackson. Um, but, uh, and he, like I said, he's just super entertaining and he's been doing it for so long. He's, he's just one of the, I think he's probably one of the more underrated vets in, in Texas. But, um, you know, we just don't really, uh, you know, the, the, the bigger, the bigger wrestling team, the bigger independent wrestling team doesn't, doesn't really give him a whole lot of love. And I, I don't think that's right. And, you know, Ryan, uh, he just feels like somebody that just should be somewhere already. I mean, we actually talked to him not too long ago. Um, and just my personal opinion, I think he should be signed on with somebody. I think he's better than a lot of talent that signed on a lot of promotions. Mm-hmm. Um, but for whatever, for whatever reason, he's not. Um, but, you know, as far as running a promotion and, and doing a lot of stuff in Houston coming up, you know, I want to try to do my best to get Ryan, you know, some, some rub with some guys that are more nationally known on the independent scenes. And I think, uh, I think that might help him, you know, that might help move him along the ladder as far as uh, getting a chance to get uh, companies and, and getting a chance to, you know, get it. Just, I, I think Ryan's just one of those guys, like, I think you just have to look like he's either, he has to be there if you can just give him a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I think he's probably one of the best. I think he, as far as just from a working standpoint, I think he might be the best worker in Texas. Um and that's saying a lot. And there's, there's a lot of fucking, I mean, I'm sorry, I cut some. It's I okay, there's it's a lot of, okay. There's you a lot of fucking good too. talent in Texas. There's a lot of fucking good talent in Texas. I'm just going to put it out there, you know. And to say that I think Ryan Davidson is probably the best worker, uh, I think that's a tremendous compliment. And like I said, he, he's one of those guys that should be somewhere. I'm, I'm happy he's not yet, just because I, as a promoter, I, I, I would love to continue to use him. Mm-hmm. But obviously, I want him to get to the next level because he's my friend. And, you know, I just think the world of him. So, you know, I, I think that, uh, I think it's a matter of time for Ryan, in my opinion. I think I think he gets to where he wants to. Understood, understood. Now, the main question that's pretty much been popping up on everybody's mm-hmm. mindset over the last year or so was something that Jordan Grace, I think, put out saying that professional wrestling is more performance art than actual sport do you by any chance believe that or do you think that professional wrestling is more sport than art it's honestly hard to put wrestling in a category i think it's the thing about wrestling i think it's probably the highest form of entertainment live performance but it look it looks it gets looked upon as the lowest form of entertainment by a lot of people. Basically, um, catering to the lowest common denominator, right? Correct. Yeah, you know, and and I started from humble beginnings. You know, poverty, food stamps, all that stuff too. You know, I, and there's a lot of people who have that same story. And I think we all kind of gravitated towards wrestling as a kid, as kids, because it's almost like watching these superheroes come to life. You know, mm. and watching them battle every week. And the thing, I, I've actually put a lot of time to this because I just don't think wrestling is, I mean, as far as the, how physically demanding it is, I'd say it's more physically demanding than any sport that I played. And I did play football and basketball in high school. 
Mm. Um, and it's just, it's hard. It's hard on your body. It's, it's rough. You know, there's nothing like they like to use the word fake. It's not fake. It hurts. Everything hurts in the ring. Um, but as far as what we do, um, you know, there's, it's a lot of theater. You know, Booker likes to say it's Shakespeare. It's Romeo and, uh, and Juliet. Right. I'm, I'm sure you probably heard him say that. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I think it's live theater, right? It's live theater. And there's a lot of wrestling that's kind of, you know, there's a lot of wrestling that we've watched since we were kids. And that's been around a long time. And it's like, uh, you know, this is just wrestling stuff. This is the way wrestling is. I think for wrestling to, to kind of make that next step into pop culture again, I think that people just have to look at it as this incredible theatrical, uh, athletic, you know, athleticism, theater, uh, art, um, you know, pop and circumstance. There's all kinds of stuff that goes into this, like, you know, TV show or this, you know, weekly independent show. And I think when people honestly, truly appreciate what goes into putting on a wrestling show and what goes into putting on a match, I think that's when people will realize how cool, like how awesome wrestling is. And so it's kind of tough because you have a lot of the old people who think, you know, we should still do kayfabe and stuff. But I, I think, I think for the most part, probably 99% of the world knows it's not real. So I think again, for it to kind of get back into the pop culture and to get popular again, I think, I think people would have to kind of realize what all goes into uh, putting on a wrestling show. And I think at that point in time, people would really have a lot more respect for it. And I think that there's a certain people that look down on wrestling. When you say like pro wrestling, they're like, Oh, that fake stuff almost instantaneously, you know? And mm-hmm. I think it should be respected a little bit more. And I think once people kind of, once the generation figures out what it actually goes into it, I think it would be, it's going to be appreciated more. So, mm-hmm. I know that's kind of a, a, a ramble you, on it. Do you think that they need to take more after, you know, what mixed martial arts has become? Not when it comes down to, you know, the bullshit fake feuds or anything like that, but more like the competitive aspect of mixed martial arts or boxing or kickboxing. Something similar to that. Well, well I think, uh, well, the bullshit uh, feuds are, all come from wrestling, which is pretty funny in its own right. Right. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, it was kind of crazy because MMA was kind of a niche thing for a long time. And then once people understood the sport and they understood what was going on, then it kind of blew up a little bit more. You know, there was the stars like Brock Lesnar's and Ronda Rousey's and Conor McGregor's and stuff like that. Um, you know, maybe wrestling needs another rock or stone cold to come along to really like shake things up. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I think uh, I think that I think you're kind of you're right in the sense that it, it just kind of needs to be understood better. Now, like I guess once MMA was understood, it, it wasn't like human cock fighting, which is what they always used to call it. And it was like, oh, this is like actual fighting. You know, it was just kind of a little bit more controlled. They have gloves. You know, there's a ref in there. Uh, like I said, once they kind of realize, like, oh, you know, this entrance is you know planned out perfectly, and this. Uh, you know, the match is like kind of a improv, but also kind of called, you know, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of nuances that go into wrestling and things like that. And, uh, like I said, once people kind of figure that out, I think that's whenever people are like, okay, like that's pretty cool. Like I, it might not be my cup of tea, but I, I kind of see why people are into it. 
Right, right, of course. Especially when it comes down to... I mean, especially when it comes down to most, you know, boxing and MMA, especially when it comes down to the entertainment side of it, a lot of that comes from professional wrestling. I mean, obviously, we all Absolutely. heard the story of Muhammad Ali getting his style from Gorgeous George and so on and so forth. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's the story all the time. You know, real sports... Uh, or, you know, professional sports or whatever that most people consider real sports get a lot of their feuds and what, whatnot from pro wrestling, right? Like a lot of the, you know, oh, this guy's got to be a bad guy. He's got to be heel. You know, we need to sell tickets or, oh, it's a bad boy. You know, it's all from pro wrestling. It's all, that's what, that's what, it's, that's what it comes from. Mm-hmm. Understood. Understood. <laughs> now, as far as, you know, how you came up, you did say that you grew up watching professional wrestling at the age of four, but when it came down to that, I mean, did you ever think growing up, growing up from the age of four on that you would even get into this as a profession? I mean, obviously you played high school sports, obviously I have two brothers that did the same thing, but did you ever think that you would grow up and be a professional wrestler, or did you think that you would have something else in mind? Uh, man, honestly, from I got into the business at 24, so probably from the age of 4 to maybe 23 and a half, I didn't I didn't think that I could make it in the business. I think it was always a pipe dream. Um, you know, you, you grow up and you see guys like Hulk Hogan and, and The Rock and Stone Cold and, and Cena and, and Batista and these, you know, massive people. And you just don't think like, oh, I could be that guy, if that makes sense. And I wasn't like, you know, downplaying myself. I just, I, I, I had been, I had known a lot about the business just as a fan. And I knew it was hard and it was tough before I even got into it. Um, but I did get, like, I lost a lot of weight. I got in really good shape. And then that's when things were like, well, maybe I can. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it, uh, it, it wasn't something that I really thought I could do. You know, I just didn't think it was possible because you grew up watching, like I said, you grew up watching these larger life people. Mm. And I just, I just never thought I, I would or could do it. But then, you know, uh, uh, 24, I, I made the leap, moved to Houston and, and started training a book and, you know, I think I've done pretty well for myself these last, you know, six years or whatever, six plus years. So. Wow, and I mean, you know, older than me by like what about three years or so? Because you're 31, I'm gonna be turning. Yep. I mean, I'm 28. To be. <laughs> but still. But I mean. I mean, it basically still... makes sense to actually plan that out. When you're young and saying, you know, I'm going to be this and then going ahead on and doing it because you don't want to try and forget at the, I mean, at around the teenage point, you know, maybe I want to do something else with my life or something like that. Yeah, it, I will say it, uh, it's hard to get into the business when you're young. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, it's, it's a tough business, um, you know, it's broken a lot of people, a lot of strong people that I've seen. Uh, and you know, when you're, when you get it at a age, it's, it's just a lot to learn in a, in a very little amount of time. Not from like, I mean, the wrestling is always going to be hard to learn, but as far as, you know, 
things that happen backstage or whatever, and all the other stuff that comes along with it, traveling, uh, injuries, things like that. And, you know, I was kind of lucky that I got into the 24 um, because I'd already gone through a lot of stuff. You know, I'd worked jobs, lived on my own, partied a lot, got that out of my system. Uh, so I was ready. I, I was ready to go when I was at 24 and, and signed up for wrestling school. And, I, and I'm glad that I signed up at that time, too, um, because, you know, I think that that was, I think that was the perfect age for me to start wrestling. And, uh, you know, a year later I'm doing, you know, extra work for WWE. So, uh, it's all kind of crazy that, that how it all happened so quickly. Yeah, it is kind of crazy, especially considering the fact that, you know, I don't know how exactly the process is for the WWE to have all these local talent supplied as extras. I think obviously you have to have you know, some pretty damn good connections. Uh, they have a they have a website that you you can sign up to, and most people just go through it that way. Um, Booker just asked me one day in training. I think it was like a Thursday or Friday the week before, and he was like, "You want to be? You want to go to Raw on, on Monday?" I was like, "Sure." <laughs> you know, like what am I supposed to say? No. And uh, nobody else from Raw went, so I didn't know anybody. I didn't know anybody. Any of the other extras, which was which was really weird and kind of a, uh, like a, uh, a nerve wracking experience. Where you're like, I'm going into this building, and the only person I know is Booker, and he's busy, you know, working. Um, but you know that that class of people that I went to, that I did the extra work with, was you know like Ember Moon, Sammy Guevara, Shane Taylor, Terrell Tempo. Uh, I mean, Katie Forbes. It was like a, it was a, a lot of people who kind of moved on and, and done some stuff. That's like. You know, and here I, I didn't even really know any of them at all personally. Weezy Wu was another one you know, of Kenneth Johnson. And aside from Ember Moon and Katie Forbes, obviously, a lot of those guys you trained alongside with at the road at the time. Well, Shane and, and Tempo both were on the show, but they actually didn't train there. I, I'm not sure where Shane trained, but I know that Tempo was trained in San Antonio, so. But, they, but that's actually when I became good friends with Tempo, and I actually helped him get on to reality wrestling uh, about a year or two later um, because I thought Book would really like him, and, and obviously he's a very talented uh, talented wrestler. So, but yeah, I mean, um, yeah, a lot of those guys, I, like I know Shane well, you know, I know Tempo, you know, obviously me and Tempo are the ones. Me and Tempo started New Texas Pro Wrestling. Uh, so, uh, you know, we were obviously great friends still to this day. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it was kind of cool to, to, to do that and, and to be on, you know, go out in front of, uh, I don't know, 15,000 people in Austin, Texas, and the next day I'm wrestling Terrell Tempo in a five-minute match before SmackDown, you know, in front of the, the WWE roster. And, you know, I had wrestled one match before that against Alex Reigns, and then next thing you know, I'm, you know, going and doing that at WWE, which was really cool, you know. Hmm. I mean, at least you didn't get pile-driven by Alex Reigns, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. He might have tried. I don't know if he ever. He might have tried it on me at some point. But I probably just was strong enough to get out of it. <laughs> right, right. Of course. But now I'm gonna have to go ahead and get a little serious on you when it comes down to okay. things outside of professional wrestling. Obviously, the world has been. And excuse me for saying this, even though of course we can curse on here, but the world has been kind of fucked up as it lately. Obviously, with the COVID-19 pandemic, there have been a lot of people showing their ugly sides. You know, people being 
racist asshole, so to speak. And people basically turning a blind down athletes having opinions of, you know, supporting social justice. Like, for example, Shane Taylor, who has been posting a lot of things regarding social justice as of late. But when it comes down to this whole situation and when it comes down to the Black Lives Matter, blah, Black Lives Matter movement, I mean, what have been your thoughts about this whole uprising of social justice? Uh, man, it's, it's so overdue for, for radical change as far as the systematic racism in this country and just overall racism from just so many people in this in this country and and you know from you know the police to politicians to and you know, anybody else who who is in the system to hurt any you know black people put people of color or whatever minorities like it's just it's time you know and, and yeah, I mean, people have been protesting for years, and it just hasn't. What has it done? You know, Tom Kaepernick was crucified for kneeling during the national anthem, peaceful, peaceful protest, and he got crucified for it. And it's like, it's time, and it's been time. You know, let, let everyone should have an equal, equal chance. Every everybody should there should be equal across the board, and not just like equal on like, oh, you know, it's you know, there's just quality across, there's not, it's not, it's not equal, um, there is such thing as a white privilege, uh, and it just, shit needs to change, and I've just, you know, I've, I've talked to, you know, many of my, my good friends for years, um, to understand the situation, and, and to understand it more, and, um, I'll never completely understand the plight, uh, and what you guys go through, but, uh, just for me and my my viewpoint, it's it's just it's it's time. Uh, it's been time, and I think whatever I can do, you know, talking to my friends who don't believe in Black Lives Matter or uh, any anything else, you know, I, I have to do my part to try to explain to them why we need to change and why it is so fucked up. Exactly. I mean, especially given the fact that you know, obviously, the situation and me myself being a black man. You know, we go through a lot of prejudice all the time just for, right. you know, living life, so to speak. Yeah. And I mean, Every day. And, and, and situations that yeah. I wouldn't even think twice of, right? Um, you know, I get pulled over by a cop. I don't I, I don't feel threatened. I get upset because I'm like, well, why the fuck am I getting pulled over? But I don't feel upset. But when you hear, when you hear somebody like Terrell Tempo tell me he gets pulled over and he puts his hands on his head, almost instantaneously and doesn't leave him or doesn't move his hands until he gets the, uh, the cop. I mean, that's, that's serious, man. Like that's, that's something that I had never dealt with, but there's a true fear there. Right. And it's, and it's, why is it like that? Um, it's a, it's a precedent that's been set for years and it's, and it's understandable. True. True. And I mean, I'm only saying that shit from a personal experience for me, because I actually, you know, and I really hate to say, I mean, I really hate to talk about this. I really don't want to talk about this, but I myself have gone through a situation back in, I think, around 20, 
15, no, 2014, actually, where I was at a wrestling show, you know, trying to be the nice little dude, trying to stack up chairs and shit, when all of a sudden I got four fucking security guards coming at me, taking me down to the ground all because I allegedly swung a chair at a little girl. I mean, I didn't hit her, so to speak. I did not hit her, and I apologized after that. But four officers Uh came at me, basically just (laughs) took me down like I was a big six-foot-tall, 205-pound dude. I'm only 5'3", 130 at the time. I'm 5'3", 150. That's just just something that... It's just not fair. It's not, you know what I'm saying? It's just... It's something that needs to change, you know. I don't think they probably would have done that to me, but, um, you know, that's just the way the world is, and that's why it needs to change. Yeah, no shit. But to be honest, it's been needing to change pretty much since the 60s. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> man, before I was born, it needed to change. So, um, I'm, I, you know, I want to try to do everything I can to, you know, do what we need to do to change it. Um, I think it's important for me... Um, you know, I kind of used, I used to have this dance, you know, maybe when I was a teenager, like, you know, um, I don't see color kind of thing. And I, and I, and I, after talking to a lot of friends, I realized that was a mistake. Um, and I think representation is important. Um, you know, we had two world champions at, or two, I say world champions, two heavyweight champions at New Texas Pro Wrestling. Wow. JJ Blade. And Mysterious Q. Both of whom um, are pretty amazing people in their own right, especially. Abs- absolutely. Very talented, very talented wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Um, but both are black men. Uh, you know, J.J. Blake being a gay black man. And I think it's important to have people on your show, um, you know, who, who represent people who are watching. You know, I want to have, I want to go to, I don't want to watch a show that's all white cast, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever. Like, I want everyone to feel like, oh, yeah, that could be me growing up. You know, I could be the champion, kind of thing. And, uh, mm. you know, we've had, I saw some stat that said WWE or, or any major wrestling promotion has only had, there's only been two main events of a wrestling show where two Africa, two black wrestlers um, faced off for the, for the world title. Hmm. And I think the two was Booker T and The Rock at SummerSlam 01 and Rich Swan and Chris Bay from this past year's TNA paper. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's the only two times in the history of wrestling that two black wrestlers have faced off for the world title at a pay-per-view. And you just think, and think of all the talented guys who have been gone, you know, been there and you just think, wow, that, that's never happened. Not just the guys, but the girls, too. I mean, shit, last night, Bianca Belair became the first black Royal Rumble, the first black female Royal Rumble winner as of January 21st. Yeah, no, I I actually picked her to win, so I was very happy that she ended up winning. Uh, I think I thought she she felt like the right person to win, and she feels like the right person to go in main event WrestleMania. And like I said, it's representation is important. I think that a little, you know, some little black girl is probably watching Bianca Belair, and it it might change her life. You know, it might give her inspiration or hope. You know. Mhm. I mean, I can understand that, especially given the fact that 
you know, obviously it was harder, harder for black women to strive in pro wrestling as it was for black men. Yep. Especially given all, especially given all the shit they had to go through. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, I think New Texas Pro has ran, I think we're at 20 or 21 events. Uh, or this, the Astro World show that we're doing on February 27th will be our 22nd event. Wow. And, and that's two, in Houston at the Premier Arena, right? Correct, yeah. And uh, Mysterious Q, I don't, I don't even think I've released this match, uh, but Mysterious Q is going to be facing Calvin Tankman from MLW uh, for the New Texas Pro Championship. Wow. That's... So that would be... That'll be big for uh, for for Q. Um, you know, I think he's going on 500 days as the new Texas Pro Champion. So we're just trying to continue to stack bigger and bigger challenges in front of him. Um, but just uh, uh, if I'm correct, I think it's the fifth time that two black wrestlers have main evented for our prime title, um, and they've all been five different matches. Uh, first being Tempo and JJ, uh, JJ and Q. Q and Chris Bay, and Q and AJ Gray just may have been at this Saturday this last show. So I think that, I mean, I, it wasn't by design at first, uh, or by design at all, because I just want to put bringing the best people to face Q, or to, you know, for the face for the world title. But like I said, I think it's just important to have representation across the entire uh, motion, you know. Still, though, that's pretty fucking amazing, especially given the fact that Tankman, who I spoke to before, he's actually blazing a trail of his own. He is obviously one yeah. of the stars in MLW, kind of like what Gino Medina, El Intocable, has been doing. But still, though, I mean, yeah, it, that should be a, that should be a, that should be a great match. I think it's the first time that uh, Tankman's been in Texas, so. Hmm. You know, Q and Tankman, that's going to be one hell of a match. I'm, I'm, I like what I see about from Tankman from MLW. They're giving him a big push, kind of like they're giving Gino a big push. So it's really cool to uh, it's really cool to see him, and I'm excited to bring him in and, and have him wrestle Q. You know, we got uh, Lee Moriarty and, and and Brian Keith on that card, too, and Gino and Chris Bay. So it's like, it's, it's going to be a great night of wrestling for sure. And... To be honest, I've seen Lee Moriarty before. I've seen him compete at these GCW Forty Culture events, and he is pretty damn talented, especially for somebody of his I'm excited talent. for him to mix up. I'm excited for him to mix up Brian Keith. Uh, Brian Keith, this is weird because this last, I'd say, last six months, this is like a brand new Brian Keith. Mm-hmm. Like he's always been talented, but man, he looks like he he wants to kill somebody every time he goes out there. He's ready to kill somebody. He's ready to be killed. <laughs> Um, I mean, why the hell he, do you think he calls himself the Lone Ranger, the Cowboy, the Swisher House Cowboy? The Bounty Hunter. The <laughs> Bounty Hunter, yeah, man. He's, I said, it, I, I, it's a cool thing about being a promoter is you get to put matches together and you get to be excited about it and see how it plays out. And, um, you know, you know, they're excited, too. They're, I mean, you know, like I said, it's just, you know, Chris Bay and Gino is just off the charts. Like, I don't even know how awesome that match can be. So. Mm-hmm, understood, but... Obviously, now this will be what your second or third show in the Houston area because you did one in Sealy last year, I think. Uh, yeah, technically we did do it in Sealy uh, 
20, uh, April of 2019, I believe. So I guess it's been a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 2020 is just a big wash for me. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, this would be the third, technically, yeah. Yeah, but to be honest, considering the fact that there's the reality of wrestling, there's Texas All-Star Pro Wrestling, there's Undisputed Pro based out of my neck of the woods, Galveston County, mm -hmm. and then there's Danger mm -hmm. Zone or DXW Wrestling based out of Katy. I mean, when it comes down to doing, you know, future shows in the Houston area, especially traveling all the way down to Galveston County, if there's a chance you do end up, you know, doing more shows in this area, would you probably be interested in doing shows with one of those four promotions I mentioned? Um, yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I never really wanted to run in Houston. Um, I just, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for Book and uh, Kevin and them. Um, but, you know, they're down in Texas City, which is a little bit ways away from Houston. Mm -hmm. um, and I think what we're presenting and what they're presenting is just uh, two different products, per se. Mm -hmm. And I think they're more, they're, they're closer to more of your WWE uh, I guess we would be probably more like AEW or Impact or something where it's a little bit more, it's a, you know, it's a little bit more indie, and you're bringing in guys from around the country who are, uh, you know, who are indie guys, you know, popular indie names. And, and books is more of like we have our guys, um, you know, we're running continuous storylines with our guys, and they do bring in people every so often. Um, I'm sure, I mean, you've seen you know a lot of names come through there and stuff, but for the most part, the um, you know, it's really on the students that are there, and I think it's more of your TV studio style wrestling, and, and we're doing more of an indie style show, and we're on IWTV, which is, you know, the big uh, indie wrestling uh, streaming service, so it's, uh, like I said, I think it's just two different shows, um, I just know, because I've been down with those guys, I've been in the trenches with those guys, mm -hmm. uh, the guys at Row, stupid talented, and they deserve to be getting looked at, kind of what we talked about earlier, where it's kind of time for the, you know, it's time for your Ryan's and your Abel's and your Q's. Um, you know, Gino got his look, but, you know, Brian Keith, Cam Cole, all day, uh, Rex Andrews, um, you know, those guys are ready to be at the next level. They're, they're ready now. Um, so it's kind of, I, I just think there's like an embarrassment of riches in Houston. And that's kind of why, and the, the, the owner of Houston Premier wanted me to run there and he been asking me to run there. Mm -hmm. And JJ Blake kind of JJ Blake kind of facilitated that for me as well, and uh, you know I just think and JJ is another guy I think who's right there ready to go, and uh, yeah I mean it's just you have all the talent down there you know the flights are cheap to Houston the building was cheap for us so it's like it just it just all came together and I said let's do it you know that's it's easier for them to do those shows there than to travel six hours to Abilene when we were running out that way so. Um, and that's kind of how it all, that's kind of how it all came together. And I, and I think it's been pretty, I think, I mean, last, you know, the, the show on Saturday, everyone's still buzzing about it and talking about it and stuff. So, um, and then, you know, we got the big premiere on IWTV on Thursday. Um, so, you know, I'm just, I'm pumped. Uh, I think it's, I think it's a chance to showcase a lot of guys from Houston and I'm really excited to, to push them. And you know what? It is funny that you mentioned, you know, Abilene, obviously where you're from, because it's all the way out in the middle of Texas. It's a small little quaint 
super religious town, but it makes you feel like, you know, you drive three hours out from Houston. Obviously, the old saying, when you drive the most states, you in the next state over. But when you drive here in Texas, after three hours, you're still in Texas. Yeah, that, that Abilene is a six-hour drive from me. It's, it's a ways up there. Uh, um, yeah, it's just, you know, I grew up there, obviously. Um, Abilene has been great to us as far as the wrestling town and everything like that. But um, like I said, it's hard to get talent to come out there, um, and, you know, and, and wrestle those shows out there. So, um, you know, Houston, it just made sense. I know a lot of people down there, and, and uh, I think it's going to be really cool. A uh, chance to showcase those guys on a, in a different, in a different light, in, a, in front of different, a different audience, you know. Mm-hmm. Understood. Understood. Now, there are a few things that I want to ask before we go ahead and wrap this thing going up. But I normally ask this question when it comes down to any guest. I don't care if they're in the business of combat sports or not. But if you weren't in professional wrestling. Let's just say if you were just regular old Kiefer Bartek from Abilene, Texas and you didn't discover professional wrestling, what would have been your plan B in life? What would have been your backup plan? Uh, um, Think about it. Man. Take your time. Uh, it was kind of weird. It was. It's a little weird because, um, you know, I, I played sports in high school and I, I took all AP courses uh, in high school. Um, and when I was done with high school, you know, it was, it was a lot of, you know, I was probably there from at school from sometimes 6 a.m. to 7 p.m., you know, Monday through Friday. Sometimes on the weekends if we travel for sports. And by the time I was done with school, I was just burnt out because, you know, I'm taking these advanced courses. I'm doing, you know, sports. And it was just an all-day thing. Mm -hmm. And so when I, went, when I went to college, I went to Angelo State, which is a small state school in, in uh, San Angelo. I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I didn't, I, I kind of left school, even though I had, you know, done, you know, I already had college credits from the AP courses. I've already, you know, I already... You know, the, the school itself wasn't hard. I just wasn't motivated to be there. Hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I ended up going home back to Abilene. And I was working a full-time job and a part-time job, you know, living on my own for probably from the age of 18 to 23 or whatever, you know, until I moved to Houston. Um, and, you know, the plan was to go back to school before I decided to go to wrestling school. You know, I was just trying to get back into it. And... You know, I always enjoyed psychology. I always thought maybe I could be a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Um, but then I kind of started moving more towards like entrepreneurial and business and things like that. So, uh, and maybe marketing. So it's kind of it's kind of hard to say. I think I'm going to go back to school just to do like PR marketing because I do a lot of it for New Texas already. So I kind of understand it. Uh, so I think if I wanted to get like a you know a real job, I think it wouldn't be too hard to, to take what I've learned from promoting wrestling to marketing whatever I need to. And, uh, you know, I think, I think that's probably what I probably would have gotten into business or marketing or something like that. Um, and I, you know, it's, it's hard to say. It's just, I just didn't know what I wanted to do until I got into wrestling. I was like, Oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. You know? Right. Right. But I mean, considering 
your height and your weight, I think you were about 6'5", <laughs> I mean, do you think that you could have been in, you know, do you think that you could have done well playing football or playing basketball if wrestling hadn't worked out? Uh, I think, uh, man, you know, I was I was pretty good at, at sports, but I wasn't good enough to go to college and get a scholarship. You know, um, there's just there's certain levels to sports. Um, you know, I, I went to a five A school, which was the biggest school at the time. You know, uh, the biggest school in Texas at that time, mm. in Abilene, and uh, you know, so you're you're facing off teams, you're facing teams against Dallas, you're facing teams against uh, you know Houston, San Antonio, Austin. The real, um, you know, our reality. district was our district was the the Friday night light Friday night lights district. You know, Odessa Permian, Middle League, a lot of good football teams out that way. And uh, basically, the West <laughs> Texas <laughs> Glamour League, so to speak. You're, you're, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's you know what it is on the show. You know, the the town shuts down, and uh, you know, the town shuts down. Everyone goes to the football game. You know, got twenty thousand people packed into a high school football stadium on a, on a Friday night, and uh, um, you know, it just was. There's just levels to sports, and I was, I am athletic for a big man in wrestling. Uh, I'm not athletic for a big man in in basketball or football. So, uh, it, it just, it, I loved sports growing up. It was that was what I loved with wrestling. Um, but like I said, it's just I, I was so happy to, to be able to take what I learned from sports growing up, and then now applying it to wrestling. You know, um, and. Like I said, I had a blast in high school playing sports. It was, it was the thing I looked forward to the most every day, and the thing that kicked my ass the most every day. So, um, but that's kind of what you got to do in life. You got to find what you love and fix your ass, and try to get better at it. Like I said. Exactly, exactly. Now, another thing I want to ask, and this pertains probably not just to Texas wrestling, but to independent wrestling in general, but. You did mention, you know, obviously you grew up in Abilene. You grew up in the Friday Night Lights Glamour Zone where pretty much the entire town shut down just to see the football game. But mm-hmm. let's just say, obviously, we're past, the point, we're past the pandemic. We're still trying to socially distance, you know, keep a mask on and stuff. But we're officially out of the COVID bubble. What do you hope would be the main thing that would get people 20,000 at least or you know probably like 5 maybe 10,000 to shut down a town just to see an independent wrestling event in the future oh man that's a tough one um take your time uh, you know, obviously the promoter, I, you know, I, I try to, well, obviously not during the pandemic, but before the pandemic, my goal is to bring as many people to the show as possible. Right? Just as the way, that's what any promoter's um, job should be, right? You should try to make, you know, pack the house out. And, you know, obviously the booker puts on the, the show, but since I do both, um, you know, promoting is something that I, I love to do. It's something that's uh, stressful, but it's also like a, uh, the challenge, right? And I just love challenges. Um, you know, I think as far as West Texas is concerned, there's a, there is a very old school 
wrestling feel. You know, when I talk to people in West Texas, their main people they, they talk to me about are the Ron Ericks, the Funks, um, you know, the Rhodes, and, and guys like that. Like, that's what they grew up watching. Um, so, you know, maybe bringing in the Von Eric brothers from MLW or maybe bringing in Terry Funk for a, for a meet and greet or something like that. I think that would generate a lot of more buzz than it, than it probably would in any other part of the state. Um, it's something that I thought about, you know, I thought about reaching out to Gino and seeing if he can get, you know, information for the Von, from the Von Eric. So they live in Hawaii, actually. A ways away from Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I think, I think it's just something that a lot of promoters try to cater to the independent wrestling fans. And I think you have to try to grab the WWE wrestling fans, the AEW wrestling fans, the Impact wrestling, you know, all the other big, big companies. You got to try to, you know, want them to come out to the show and watch it. So getting names and people from, you know, WWE or, you know, one of those promotions that they've seen on TV, I think, I think that would probably be the easiest way to draw. You know, I think the most we've probably drawn is like 350 people, which is a pretty good, pretty good house. But I wanted, you know, I wanted 500. That was my goal before the pandemic. So, um, you know, I'm always trying to figure out ways to get to that number. That's kind of my magic number now. When I break five, I want to try to put a thousand. Um, so, like I said, it's just a, it's a, it's a growing experience of like anything in wrestling. And, um, you know, I just, I can't keep spinning the wheels and keep thinking, kind of trying to come up with new ideas. So, uh, tonight I actually was thinking about doing like a wrestling festival where, you're, you know, there's like several promotions coming to one town and, it's like a whole weekend of wrestling, you know, so it's just, you just always try to think of new ideas to mm. try. Come to think of it, like what Antonio Noki did back in 96 <laughs> in Anaheim. <laughs> uh, I mean, think of it, like, I just think of it like a music festival and you just have wrestling promotions instead of uh, bands, you know, where it's like, oh, from this time to this time, you're going to have, uh, you know, New Texas Pro Wrestling and from this time to this time, you'll have the reality of wrestling and from this time to this time, you'll have heavy metal wrestling, you know, and, uh, every show is going to be a little bit different because everyone runs their, their show a little different. But you know, maybe we'll bring fans from all those promotions and bring it to one place and they get to check out the other promotions and see if they, you know, like what they see in those. Right, right, right. I get what you mean. Kind of like what GCW did when it came down to their Fight Forever show over the weekend. Right. Yeah, something like that. But you know, not as. Uh... Not the 24-hour thing. I think I'd probably spend over like two or three days, something like that. Right, right. Of course, of course. Obviously, that would be something cool. But, you know, it would be cool to just do it over consecutive nights, not do like an entire wrestle-thon or wrestling thon so to speak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, give, it, give the fans a chance to go get some food and... and... You know, go home for, or go to the hotel or something for a little bit and take a break and come back the next day recharge, you know? Right, right, of course, of course. Now, as far as, you know, how you're concerned, is there any way that people can contact you or, you know, contact New Texas Pro Wrestling on social media? I'm sorry, I didn't hear that last time. You had a question? Is there any way that people can contact you or contact New Texas Pro on social media? And much like the reality of wrestling has their training ground in Texas City, my neck of the woods, does New Texas also have a training ground? No, I, I, I wasn't interested in doing training. Uh, you know, we, 
you know, we were based, I mean, we are based in Abilene as far as like what we, the most shows we've run in and what kind of our home, home town. Um, but you know, my, I, my goals with new Texas pro was to make it, you know, the top in Texas, uh, and it wasn't really, you know, I didn't really want to open a training facility. I'm not saying I'm not rolling it out in the future, but, um, you know, I still have my wrestling career that I'm, I'm trying to, you know, make it to where I want to get to as well. So, and do what I want to do. So, you know, I actually live up here in the BFW area now. Oh. And, uh, yeah, so, um, you know, I, I still, you know, I got some shows coming up with some, you know, promotions out here in the Dallas area as well, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just want to be, I just want to promote shows. I just want to bring good wrestling to wherever we're, we're running in Texas. And that's just my goal, man. I just want to, I want to put on good wrestling shows and I want to show people what Texas is all about. I see. I see. And I mean, to be honest, don't try and wear, don't try and wear Texans gear while trying to do your sheriff persona up there because they probably might chase you out the building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um. Uh... Yeah, the sheriff, it's a lot of fun to do. I, I enjoy it. I, I pull a lot of it from, you know, back home in Abilene, but uh, it's definitely been a fun experience. I've done I've done a lot of different wrestling characters, and they've all been very different, So, um, but I've enjoyed doing all of them in their own way. Mm-hmm. But still, other than that, any way that people can contact you or New Texas Pro on yeah. social media? Yeah, I, uh, IG and Twitter for me, at for Bartech Pro. Uh, New Texas, uh, you know, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, New Texas Pro, Twitter, New Texas PW, uh, find us on YouTube, find us on TikTok, you know, any social media you have, we're probably, we're probably on there, you know, so, um, give us a follow if, you, if you're listening to this, because, uh, you know, uh, we've, we've got a good following on social media so far, and I'm, I'm very happy about it, you know, we just passed 2,000 followers on Twitter. Uh, we're almost at 5,000 followers on YouTube. We've passed 5,000 followers like last week on Facebook. So we're, we're, built, we're starting to build, you know, a name for ourselves and we're starting to get some buzz. So uh, if, you're, if you're listening to this, give us a follow, man. I'd, I'd really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And if it wasn't for that following, y'all probably wouldn't have had that deal with the TV. Correct. Yeah, that, that uh, you know, they reached out to me last year and they wanted to, you know, Wanted us to be a part of their network, and now we're you know want to you know have a great time slot on Thursday. Which you know who are we competing with on Thursdays for wrestling? So I'm excited <laughs> Not about that it. many things. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and one more thing I gotta ask you when it comes down to you know future shows, what do you hope that the new fan that the casual fan who watches a future new Texas pro wrestling show can expect. I know you pretty much told me something similar to that seconds ago, but what do you hope that new fan or that casual fan can expect to see from a new Texas pro wrestling show in the future? If, if someone came to a new Texas pro show, I, I want them to know like the people who are on that, the wrestlers who are on that show, that's the best that, you know, that's, the best of Texas, you know. Uh, I want people to know that, you know, if you go to a new Texas pro show, you're going to see some people around the country who are, uh, you know, who are very popular or they have a following. Um, and you're going to see, like I said, the best wrestling, best wrestlers in Texas, you know. I, I can't book them all on the, same, on the show all the time. But there's a carousel of guys that we use, um, 
you know, different parts of the state and what, what have you. Um, that, like I said, if you're if, if you're coming to watch New Texas Pro Show, you're going to see the best wrestlers in Texas, and you're going to get to see them do their thing. And I'm going to put them in the best situation to put on, you know, the best match. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, I just I just have so much pride for Texas, and it's just something that I want to grow and help put eyes on, and, and that's really the goal of what you know New Texas Pro is. Is that you know it's you know the standard of what Texas wrestling should be. So. Mm-hmm. Point proven. <laughs> but other than yep. that, it's been fun talking with you, Kiefer. Or should I say something? Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not calling you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cam Cole probably wishes he didn't say that or didn't know that he would be this popular. <laughs> but other than that, it's been fun talking with you, Kiefer. I mean, it's, yeah. it's cool just yeah. to get a chance to actually talk to you because again i've seen you compete over the last six or seven years for the reality of wrestling back when yeah. you were on q57 and then kih channel 39 yeah. which has a very distinct professional wrestling history all the way up to the right. paul bosch. yeah paul bosch obviously the man who pretty yeah. much helped put professional wrestling in houston on the map <laughs> absolutely yeah. Absolutely. I've seen you compete on all these different platforms, on all these different television stations, and it was actually fun to get a chance to talk to you, man. I hope you do well in your, not just your future endeavors, but hopefully the endeavors of a lot of the world of professional wrestling. Yeah, I, I appreciate it, man. It was really good catching up with you. Um, you know, it's always good doing, uh, you know, interviews, but I, I specifically enjoyed doing this interview with you because you, I say you've been watching me since the beginning, so I, it's, it's cool to get to talk about all that stuff and uh, mm-hmm. get to reminisce about some old things, so. Yeah, and I mean, not just that, but I've obviously been a fan of, you know, this sport since I was like nine years old, and yeah. obviously I've talked to a few people in this area who competed in this area but I didn't get a chance I've never gotten a chance to do it on a podcast form like this until now maybe I'm lying to myself a bit but they haven't had a platform as big as you have so far (laughs) but other than that it's been fun talking with you Bartek I'll chat with you on social media absolutely man it's always uh it's always good to hear from you and uh, reach out to me if you ever want to talk man no problem and i'm pretty sure you'll probably put in a good word for me to the rest of the professional wrestlers in this area huh (laughs) oh yeah just let me know who you want to talk to i'll I'll get you in contact with them and we can can get some more interviews in okay cool sounds cool other than that mr bartek it's been fun talking with you i'm gonna go ahead on and let you go talk to you later man As was mentioned, that interview I'd done with Bartek, aka StarTech, was back in February of 2021, and a lot has changed for StarTech, or Bartek, or Kiefer, whatever you want to call him, the sheriff. (laughs) For one, New Texas Pro has been making a name for themselves on the independent wrestling TV platform as their boss show, their Texas independent showcase shows, and their variety of matches all throughout the state of Texas have not only been making waves around the country, but have been putting over new stars from Texas into the wrestling world. However, all that goodwill that Kiefer has done has had a dark side to it as of late. 
Since around April or May of this year, Bartek has been getting little to no love from the Texas wrestling community as possible because of his actions. This included him burning the local wrestling championship, otherwise known to some, maybe just me, as Big Reggie, because he doesn't deem local wrestling as a pure wrestling promotion. Then, he beat Sam Stackhouse in the what I call Avenue B Screwjob by extension, basically getting showered with all types of trash at Avenue B at the Premier Arena out in Houston, and by extension, leading to two Texas wrestling icons, two current Texas wrestling icons in the Mysterious Q and the Lone Ranger Brian Keith, turning their backs on the fans after they showed their support towards them for years on end. And siding with Kiefer and his crusade. And that leads us to my chat with the head honcho of Loco Wrestling, Jaime Martinez, to get his thoughts on Kiefer. Run down the upcoming shows that he'll have, which, of course, Loco Holics is coming up very, very, very soon. And just kind of brag on what a crazy ass competitor and what a crazy ass person Star Trek has become over the last year and a half. Run it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a very special Focus Fights audio exclusive interview, and I know that this man is pretty busy right now because he's basically driving as we're talking, but this yeah, I is, <laughs> I understand, but still though, this is the loco wrestling head honcho, Jaime the Smart Martinez, how are you? Man, good, good, uh, Somebody has to call me the spark in a fight of time. That's, uh, that's a big pop right there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I remember, man. I truly remember. That's but, a big old pop, man. I appreciate that, man. No prop, no prop. But still, though, as we don't really have much time to speak, I guess this disqualifies me from why did you get started with Loco Wrestling. I mean... I can tell you a little... What, the reason why... We started local wrestling because we felt like the scene was getting a little bit stale. It was the same old guys over and over again. Let's, let's bring a few, let's bring stars from all across the globe to local wrestling and showcase Texas around those guys. And we've pretty much executed that for the last two years. It brought so much international talent to the Houston Premier Arena that, you know what I mean? We just sat back and just like, you know, mark out a little bit, you know, it's humbling that, that we got some of the sickest stars of, like, from Mexico, uh, Japan, and across the United States to fucking, like, to the premiere, you know. Mm-hmm. I can understand that, especially with the impact that guys like Dante Leon and Ninja Mac have gotten, especially over in Japan. Yeah, man, I just, I just finished uh, training with Ninja Mac right there at the factory and he's getting pumped, he's leaving for uh, Japan uh, tomorrow and he's just gearing up for a match with Dante Leon on one of uh, the great Buddha's fucking uh, retirement event. Uh, it's a uh, fucking like, that's an honor, like I feel like I, fuck, I'm, I'm super excited for it. Hmm. I mean, I guess it kind of wishes that, I mean, I bet that kind of makes you wish you were there, right? Oh, yeah, already, man. If I, could, if I had to go to, like, go, I will, I would. 
because I did see I, I did see those guys wrestle at Hammerstein Barroom, um, and it was a great feeling to see my homeboys wrestle at a mecca like that. Right, right, of course, of course. I mean, which kind of basically drags me to this question now. Y'all have created so many damn moments in such a short amount of time. Why put this all on the back burner? Um, I feel like I'm in competition with ourselves. I feel like, you know, I feel like I'm just copying myself. And I wanted to just uh, switch genres for like a little bit. Because, you know what I mean? Like, it's almost like, like I want to make a concept album. You know, I've made plenty of pro wrestling albums. Like, this is like my concept album. And I wanted to do Deathmatch. I've been wanting to do Deathmatch for a long time. And I, I think I'm ready for the switch for a little bit. And if maybe, I don't know, in the future, if I want to bring Loco back, I don't know. Who knows? Um, but, so then, uh, I'm going to get, I'm going to get, uh, get through July 23rd, October 29th, the funeral, uh, Holics on the 23rd featuring, uh, uh, Christopher Daniels and Fuego del Snow and Adis, Chris Carter, uh, Little Poppy, uh, he, uh, Eagle, Robert Eagle Anthony, um, Joe Alonso, uh, Yo-Yo from GCW, uh, Max Height, and just so many, uh, Mysterious Q and T-Ray and, uh, Gigi Ray and Promise Braxton and so much fucking more. A mystery scramble match. Um, dude, we're just bringing you the fire. Ten exciting matches live on the title match network. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got plenty of tickets. We got second and third row left. Uh, first and fourth row are completely sold out. Uh, standing room is selling like crazy. Um, we want everybody to be there in the building. That we, we're bringing the stars you can't see very often up close. And we're doing that with uh, Christopher Daniels, Adi, um, you know, Robert Ego, Fuego uh, So Usually you got to be in a big arena now at, at this point to go see those guys. And now you get to see them up close at the Chiefs Premier Arena. Hmm. Of course, of course. And I mean, when it comes down to the main event of that local Harlots card, which will be live from the Houston Premier Arena, July 23rd on the Title Match Network, I mean, I gotta ask, what are your overall thoughts about StarTech? I mean, Keeper Bartek. Um, Bartek is, uh, me, me, have, me and him have different views on wrestling, and I, I dude, everybody does. And some people have to disagree to disagree on certain things. He has his way of thinking about wrestling, I have my ways of thinking about what wrestling is to me. So... It's just one of those things where maybe that's where we clash, clash-wise. So, I have nothing against him. I know he's, he's the way, don't get me wrong, I'm a big fan of this product and Texas and what he does. But I just do wrestling a different way. So, and on my different ways, not the traditional way. Hmm. Of course, of course. Because when it comes down to it, everybody got a different style, especially when it comes down to how they put themselves over, you know? Yeah, uh, I just, uh, you know what I do? My decisions, as far as what Loco is, I do what's best for business. I know that's such a cliche, but I feel like we do the right thing, we make the right decision, 
uh, for the fans, and uh, I hope that like the shows that we put on, that we put a lot of heart into them, and uh, these shows ain't just for fucking money grabs or anything like that. They're just purely for the love of it. Uh, we love we love pro wrestling. Uh, I love pro wrestling. And my friends around me and my crew all love pro wrestling, and we love doing this just to make the fans excited to come see wrestling at the Houston Premier Arena and just make new fans, maybe for the premiere, uh, maybe for a new Texas pro. They might never seen that a new Texas pro existed. Or a PWF or a WrestleRay. They didn't know those uh, companies existed. Now with local wrestling being at the Houston Premier, they know that those fucking, those, uh, those companies exist. And it's more fans, more money for everybody. Uh, you know what I mean? Because I feel like the fans all love what we're bringing to the table at the Houston Premier Arena. It's different flavors. You know what I mean? Like, and I, lo- I love that, that the Houston Premier Arena does that. And uh, uh, Coliseo, there's wrestling every Sunday. There's wrestling every fucking Sunday. I'm going to go ahead and say that's more at the San Miguel Arena, right? Yeah, man, it's just it's just a fucking cool place to see different types of uh, of pro wrestling, dog. It's like become the Houston ECW. Uh, uh, for real, uh, I, I personally think it is. We have some very good shows going on there. And um, I'm very appreciative that they're there. Because if they didn't have that place, I don't know where I'll be throwing local wrestling at. Understood, understood. And in a way, I think we discussed this. You're probably more like Paul Bosch in the sense that you're welcoming everybody. I love everything. We welcome GCW. We gave them a new fan base here in Texas. So whenever they come back, they know that GCW is willing to come back to Texas. Um, we did a, our first year anniversary. just came up July the 9th. It was yesterday. And uh, it was a year anniversary that, that we did our first collaboration with uh, a Game Changer Rep scene. And uh, it just brought a lot of memories of us just under a year, or just at a year, already doing collaborations with Game Changer in just a year. Shows that we worked really hard to get to that point. Hmm. Now, Ray T from HTX at UN4, and, uh, UN4GVN85. He basically asked you, what was your favorite show to work on? I'm guessing that every single Fight Club show that Loco and GCW worked on would probably be your big time favorite, right? My, my favorite collab was, my favorite collab was uh, the first uh, Fight Club. That's one of my personal favorites. Uh, the second one... Uh, uh, my second personal favorite, like, will be an official Loco show, mm-hmm. is probably uh, Slow It Down Kid. That one was a really good one. If you haven't seen that one, uh, Slow It Down Kid, in, in its entirety, is on the Title Match Network YouTube page. So if you want to go check that one out, in its entirety, it's on there. You can watch the full show. Oh, uh, yeah, of course, of course. It's definitely worth the $10 subscription to Title Match Network. No, 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 you can go on YouTube, and you can go on YouTube, and, um, and go watch it over there. Oh, okay. Just wondering. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to, if you want to subscribe, please subscribe really soon, because we're doing a live stream on Title Match, July the 23rd, Local Holics, uh, Christopher Daniels, um, 
You know what? I think let me go ahead and run down the card real quick because I have it in front of me. The card that y'all are going to see at Locoholics on July 23rd. Christopher Daniels versus Robert Egotistical Anthony. T-Ray versus the Mysterious Q. Max Heights versus Yoga. Gigi Ray versus Promise Braxton. Izzy James versus Razco. Arez versus Chris Carter. Fuego Del Sol versus Joe Alonzo. And Kiefer Bartek defending the Loco Wrestling Championship versus Sam Stackhouse. Loser leaves Loco Wrestling. Yeah. I mean, come to think of it, outside of the mystery scramble match, that'll probably be the ninth match on the card. And outside of, obviously, the main event where everybody want to see Kiefer Bartek get his fucking head kicked in. Or get squashed, literally. What match do you think is going to probably be the showstopper? Um, I think Joe Alonzo and, and Fuego are going to set it off. Uh, Chris Carter and Adi certified banger right there. And and if you want, like, like do classic, classic indie stuff, man, bro, fucking, you can't go wrong with Christopher Daniels and Ego. They, they're like, that right there, that right there is a classic early 2000 banger, dog. And we're giving it to you. That should be happening in Chicago or somewhere in the fucking Midwest. The foot of, man, it should be a, but it's happening in that loco. Hmm. Of course, of course. And I bet everybody's going to enjoy it because it's going to probably harken back to those old Windy City days. Oh, yeah, I know, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's what local is really doing. We're putting on uh, just cool stuff that the hardcores and the new fans that appreciate independent pro wrestling, we're giving them storylines with the Kiefer Bartek saga, um, just super high-flying indie stuff. We, you know, just a variety, you know, a cornucopia of like, mm-hmm. you know, of like badass indie matches. That's what Loco is. And guys, Free beer by Southern Star. Free Jello shots by Jake the Jello Shot Guy. Um, tacos by Tacos a la Madre. Uh, Ray Ace and Texas Deathmatch are going to be in the building. Texas Deathmatch is going to drop a, a coding purple exclusive Reggie Jackson City of Local ma- uh, shirt uh, on that day. And he's dropping an exclusive at the showcase uh, by uh, thrown by New, New Texas. Because we are having the verses July 16th at the showcase. Uh, New Texas versus uh, local wrestling, so y'all need to check that one out. That one's next week. So um, there's just a lot of cool stuff uh, going on. If you want to go on like our social medias, you can catch uh, all the updates on all those shows or the premiere or New Texas or any of those badass things. So. Hmm. Of course, of course. And obviously, if they want to check out your social media handles, well, not yours specifically, but local social media handles, how the hell can they connect? Local wrestling with a K. L O K O wrestling everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, everything, dude. And then if you want to follow me, Jaime Martinez, everywhere on Facebook, Twitter, all that shit. So Instagram. And when I mean Jaime, it's spelled with an H, like high smoking blunt and me. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if you know, you so. I appreciate you uh, uh, having me on the show. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Hey, man, no problem. But one more thing, one more thing. 
when it comes down to local wrestling, what is the lasting legacy that you want to help? I mean, what is the lasting legacy do you think that your promotion will be able to leave behind? Because I know that we mentioned it before. You like the modern-day Paul Bosch, even though Booker T loves to claim that he is. But you're like the modern-day Paul Bosch in connecting the entire professional wrestling sphere in this town together. What's the legacy that you want to leave behind? That we made, that, that local wrestling fans are actual friends. They're a group of friends that appreciate uh, wrestling and they like, in those two years or whatever, if we, if we go longer, who knows, um, in those two years we gave them some of the best memories, wrestling memories possible that I could have done. You know what I mean? Like, for those two years, those fans appreciated our run and I, um, I appreciate everybody that, like, who made those two years very wonderful. Because that's what our legacy is, that we brought with some of the best matches uh, ever. And all like, Atticus Kogart, last match with uh, GCW was at the premiere with us on our second fight club. And, you know, Nick Wayne and all these fire-ass, young-ass talents. And they're all just, we threw some of the best shows, you know. We brought Mir Muertes and, and Rhino in one match, you know. And we brought Dragon Bane and Kenny Zupas to Houston for the first time. And we've done a lot of cool shit, so um, I hope we made some good memories for the Houston scene, and I hope y'all appreciate it because it came out, it came with a lot of love. It wasn't for for just that, you know. For the we did it for love of it because we we do it because we're fans. Come on, come on, dog. Okay, how long have I been a fan? Long ass time, dog. Hmm. I'm I going mean, on. Like, come on, man. You grew up watching. I mean, obviously, I can't really say much about the Paul Bosch era because I'm about to turn 30 at the end of the year. But you grew up watching that shit more than I did. I was just, I wanted to do something just as cool in the spirit of him, dog, because I wanted to be like him. Of course, of course. I mean, like I said, you grew up watching all those Saturday nights on Channel 39, and that basically must have been a big inspiration for you. Yes, sir. But, uh, but yeah, but anyways, hey, hey, Chris, I really gotta go, brother. But thank you for uh, interviewing me. Guys, July 23rd, Local Wrestling Presents, Local Holics, dog. We have second and third row left. Go to localwrestling.bigcartel.com. Get your tickets, standing room, too. Uh, man, we're gonna fire ass merch, new shorts, new, uh, new t-shirts, uh, Ray Ace, uh, Texas Deathmatch. Dude, go check it out. Um, we're gonna fucking, uh, if it ain't loco, it ain't fire, daddy. Damn Same right. Yeah, and they I can follow, that. and as far as how they can contact you personally, they can do that through Facebook, correct? Yes. Not that, there's one of my Facebooks that's hacked, the one with this animated with the, the loco dare shirt, don't, don't, don't add him, add the other one. Add the, the other one. That the one carrying the big Reggie. Yeah, the, the, the new local belt. Hmm. We're in the LWO get up. Right, right. But other than that, man, it's been fun talking with you. You know, I would say see you at the matches, but I'm broke as a fucking joke, so I guess I'll probably see you on the stream. Right, right, right. I appreciate it for you checking it out. And if it ain't loco, it ain't fire, daddy. Damn right. Talk to you later. <laughs>
Well, that is it for us for now, but just one more reminder. Locoholics will take place July 23rd, and if you're listening to this right now, we are less than one week out from the show. If you're listening to it after the fact, you can probably wonder, how the hell am I going to catch this show? But still, a bunch of great action will be on the docket. This will be one of Loco Wrestling's last shows as a promotion before they change things up a bit. So if you're not going to be at 7122 Avenue B, the premier arena in Houston, Texas on July 23rd for Locoholics, or, and I'm plugging them out of generosity so that Kiefer Bartek doesn't get mad at me, the second annual Texas Independent Wrestling Showcase that'll be taking place Tomorrow night, as you're listening to this right now, less than 24 hours out, July 16th at the Houston Premier Arena, please support them. In the case of Locoholics, you've already heard me put over the car, you've already heard me put over what's going to happen with Jaime, but please check them out on the Title Match Wrestling Network, check out their two-week free trial at TitleMatchWM.com. And you will be getting access to massive amounts of documentaries, matches, shoot interviews, shows, and stuff from promotions all throughout the wrestling world, in particular, the state of Texas. And at the Texas Wrestling Showcase tomorrow night, if you're listening to this right now, it'll be tonight if you're listening to this on the day of the show. But you'll see the following matches that'll most likely rock the house at 7122 Avenue B, so pay close attention <clears throat> Dylan Cravens will take on Max Brecker the bad boys of wrestling cool daddy Denzel and Rodzilla will take on Chris Austin and Danny Cherry Ramones fly death from reality of wrestlers Axilla Mason and fly butter Warren Johnson will square off against the Teflon Don and Great Scott in a five-way lucha libre scramble match lowrider Decimus Cuervo El Charlo Negro y Juventud Area will square off Aaron Mercer will take on Richie Garcia in a depth match. Kenny Calypso will take on Maniac and AWOL in a three-way match for the PWR Premier Championship. T-Ray and Steppenwolf will vie for the Inspire AD Pure Prestige Championship. Inspire AD is a promotion all the way out in Austin, Texas. In a six-man tag team match for promotional supremacy, if you really want to call one of these teams a team... <laughs> The Mysterious Q, Max Heights, and J.J. Blake will represent New Texas Pro to take on Kiefer Bartek, the leader of New Texas Pro, the head honcho, by the way, as well as Jay Davis and Sam Stackhouse representing Loco Wrestling, where if the Mysterious Q, Max Heights, and J.J. Blake win, each member of Team New Texas Pro will be granted one opportunity of their choosing that can be redeemed in any future NTPW show. She who wants us to bend the knee, Rachel Rose, will put the new Texas Pro Women's title on the line against Vixen's Wrestling Revolution champion, the Renaissance woman, Hyan Obera, in a no-holds-barred match. And finally, the Lone Ranger of professional wrestling, Brian Keith, the Swisher House Cowboy, mind you, will face off against the notorious one, the leader of his own promotional clique, Shane Taylor, in a match that will not just be for the new Texas Pro Heavyweight title. Oh, no, no, no. It will now be announced, as it was just announced earlier today, 
the new Texas Pro Wrestling title will be on the line, as well as the Freelance Wrestling Legacy Championship, the VIP Wrestling Championship, the Red River Wrestling Championship, and the Branded Outlaw Wrestling Championship in a match that the black professional wrestling community, that the state of Texas, and that the entire professional wrestling world will be talking about for years to come. If you want to check that show out, go to IWTV.com or download their app on whatever smart device you got. Sign up for a free trial using the code on their website or get the $10 a month package or the $100 a year package and you'll enjoy 300 different promotions, 13,000 hours of live action, including all of New Texas Pro Wrestling's events. Either way, regardless of which streaming service you get, regardless of which promotion you support, or regardless if you're trying to save yourself some money. Please support Texas Professional Wrestling because I guarantee you with all the action going on in this Lone Star state of ours, with stars representing the state like Gino Medina, AQA, Ninja Mac, and Kylie Ray showcasing themselves all over the wrestling map, you will not be left unsatisfied. And with that being said, as I basically went full Excalibur, Twister, Mattress, Mac, and Tech 9 all in one promo, <laughs> that officially does it for this edition of Focus Fights Audio. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to check out this podcast. We are on every podcast platform there is. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, which is our home platform iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, and Google Podcasts. And if you're listening on Apple, Spotify, or Anchor, give this show a review. You know, give it five stars on Apple Podcasts if you want. Also, the timestamps and information links, including the link tree for this little thing I call Focus Fights, are in the description of this show below, which I urge you to check out, because I'm tired of putting over all these damn plugs. But with that being said, I have been the Chillmeister, Chris Gary. You can follow me on Twitter at ChrisGary92. You can follow me on Instagram at ChristianGary1992. And I say in closing, peace my peoples, one love world, protect yourselves at all times, keep fighting because you never know who might be listening to your story. Oh, and also, I'm not one for putting over music on this show, let alone new music, as I don't really listen to much music anyways. I mean, hell, I just led this podcast in with a damn Utada instrumental. And if you don't know who Utada Hikaru is, Google them. I'm pretty sure you'll like what you'll hear. But still, though, to close out this podcast, there's one artist I've been checking out recently if not for the last decade, and that's Dwayne Swayze. He's been working with WWE Superstar MVP on tracks for about a decade, and he's got a new track called Heaven's Gate out there that y'all should definitely want to take a listen to or check out wherever you get your music from these days. But with that being said, I thank y'all for checking out the podcast. I hope to hear from y'all next time. I hope y'all sharing this out. I hope y'all support Texas Wrestling. I hope y'all contributing to my cash app. I don't know why I put that out. I just need some damn money. But like Larry and Stafford said, I'll holla until next time. Later. This is 
a miracle I walk with man on earth but I'm a star So many people I hold close If I look back I'd see they're far away All these distant memories piece together who you are today Fragments can detach us and fair weather friends they fade away Treat you how I treat you, take on situations case by case While you speak behind my back let's conversate face to face Look how fast they're running but in circle just to stay in place That bridge that formed between us was built to teach us our saving grace Found a mountain pitch and got so good the plug called me ace Success is so familiar now, it's grown to be my favorite taste and valleys might distract me, but that's just another life I skill up late, she made a stake, I put 40 on the light bill, yeah Living life, minding my business, warm up drills This a layup line, God is my witness, shit got hot But I got out without sinking, my day ones know the flow's been cold since the beginning Dwayne sways, I see the pattern in the clouds Heaven's gate that navigates me through the crowds Verses like vows spoken when they're read aloud Those that yeah. left it to us can uh. walk away feeling proud, yeah Unusual, beautiful things Break curses, write verses Speak cursive like West African last names Hours in the fast lane Mash, burn cash Veggies in your pockets Catch rockets, V-Mavs 20 at the half A sophisticated crap Black mayors eating mango In an iridescent jag Old whip, spaceship Dope math, share the bag I love the way she wore her locks up with gold fronts Jazz, piano chords over slow motion, breakaway dunks 40 points, 10 steals and zero fucks Black as love, T-French tuck, we up, we up Quit soda, hood, yoga at dawn Before the alarm, the morning is warm Ignoring the bombs, the story is a shorty But the motherfucking legacy long Yeah, Notice I'm white, lotus calm, light focus on Up before the sun, singing with my favorite song Yeah, I see the lantern in the clouds Heaven's gate gold, shine bold like crowns Ancestors' faces, black, cold, white gowns My boy, we turning up to settle down at the gates